Welcome to the Action Shelf. The podcast celebrates the glory of B action movies. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman! This week on yeah. the show, not a lot of glory to be had. That's that's our running no. phrase there. We were man. We found this movie just a couple episodes ago, so you can actually go back and listen to how excited we were about yeah. the prospect of this movie. Lisman's already yawning because that's what we're dealing I, with here. Just reminding myself of uh, how... It, well, actually, the way I was feeling about this movie while watching it was just dread and um, despair and yeah. emptiness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We watched 2022. This is a brand new movie that came out just a few months ago. Uh, 2022's yeah. The Commando. Yeah. Um, not to be mistaken with Arnold Schwarzenegger's Commando, uh, no the. Which is an action classic and right. infinitely better than this movie in every way. Mm. I love Commando. Yes. Commando's, you know, fun. <laughs> and weirdly enough, the main character of that movie is a Commando. It's expressly made clear within the opening scenes of the movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what is a Commando? Like, how do... How how do we define a commando? I assume some sort of military. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me look up the exact definition because I do. I, I that's a good question because it is kind of tossed around. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is what I thought. A commando is a combatant or operative of an elite light infantry or special operations force. So members Could of you know, special forces or Navy SEALs, any of these people individually could be considered commandos. What about the DEA? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. It seems to specifically be combat units within some sort of military operation. Right, because uh, the DEA is more of a uh, police uh, organization yeah, than it's a, a military it's, organization. Right. It's, no, it's a federal law enforcement organization. Yeah. The Drug right. Enforcement Administration. So then, and, and I already, I mean, we already talked about this yesterday. Uh, we, John and I saw this movie together. We did watch this one um, together, yeah. But, so, Michael Jai White yep. is a former DEA agent. Correct. With some which vague military background that's just kind of, it, but... But everything is about his DEA work, all the trauma, all the PTSD. Right. Experience. There's just kind of my like, guess, oh, yeah, in the military, too. My guess is that the throwaway military stuff is just to justify the name of the movie. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter to the film. They just added it in there well, so that the name lot, kind of makes sense. A lot of the movies at this level, I feel like, are just tossing words to make, you know, I mean, it's like, commando sure yeah the commando whatever like you could interchange mm -hmm. a lot of these titles i feel like 
Right, yeah. Um, yes. Because this does come from to us from the wonderful world of Saban Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and we, we Which, watch unfortunately, of... we will be revisiting. Because uh, they just make so much shit. No, you can't cover the movies we cover uh, w- without running into Saban. It's impossible. Yeah. They produce so much... I mean, we are starting to get to know the individual companies. Um, right, yeah. But none of them hold a candle to the glory days of canon, though. No. Not no. even close. This is so, this is so far from, from a canon action movie. Oh, God. It, I wish Golden and Globus had gotten their hands on this because they would have been like, no, more action. Where's yeah, the action? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if Michael J. White was... Uh, around during the heyday of canon he would have been that would have been there. better than what happened to yeah. him here and they so. oh canon would have scooped michael j white up in a second too oh my yeah. god he yeah, would have definitely. been perfect for their repertoire of martial artists can uh, we just say that like john and i are both big fans of michael j white uh, i think you and i both think that um black dynamite is yep. one of the best comedies of all time if Absolutely. not one of the best films of all time love 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 uh, black dynamite super underrated yep. honestly yep. um and honest michael j white deserves like he fully deserves to be a much bigger star than yes. he is oh absolutely uh, because he's he's so funny he's very talented mm-hmm. he's a good actor he's a great martial artist like he yeah. should be star material and i, I don't, don't understand fully understand why. why he isn't no i mean it's like, it's uh both him and scott adkins are the two guys i feel like from this world where they feel like they could be bigger than this they have real yeah. talent in a way that and some I of think, these guys just don't you know I, and i think scott adkins uh he sort of actively chooses uh, and maybe michael jai white's the same way mm. but I, I also haven't seen a scott adkins film that has been this bad you no. know what i mean well, like this is Scott Adkins also. Yeah. I mean, we know he has a lot of control over the movies he does too. Um, right. Like he really. I assumed. Puts... I assumed that Michael Jai White had control over this movie because he has a producing credit. Yeah, that that is that that's got to be sort of in name only, right? Um, right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but like, I mean, yeah, because it's just. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at Michael Jai White. Well, part of his a big part of his other career and. I never see these things and I always forget about this because it's just not, I never watch them is uh he's in a lot of Tyler Perry stuff. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So that's some drama right. and comedy there. Um, okay. Once again, though, like I said, that those, those are things that just don't cross my, uh, my radar. And he does that's, frequently, that is a career. Yeah. Oh yeah. He does frequently play bronze tiger, the DC martial arts character in uh, TV and animated stuff. Okay. Uh, both in yeah. live action and as a voice actor, so that's yeah. cool. I've definitely, I mean, of course, I've seen some of that stuff, and he's he's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's always kind of on the fringe of this stuff. Um, yeah, and it's a oh god, I did fucking love Triple Threat though. Um, Triple Threat. That's him and Scott Adkins and Tony Jaw and Iko Uwes. Oh, I did see that one. Yes, yeah, that, that movie was great. That movie rules. That's a great yes. martial arts film. Go. Yeah. Forget the commando. Listen yeah. to our episode about it, but don't watch the movie. But then do yourself a favor. Watch Triple Threat because that is mm, that's a chef's kiss of a martial arts. And that's man. that's on Netflix. If I'm I not believe mistaken. it is. Yeah, and yeah. that, that yeah. movie 
is a lot of fun. So good. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. Highly recommend Triple Threat. But unfortunately, we're talking about The Commando. Um, yes. A movie that, once again, has not only Michael J. White, but has, you know, once great Mickey Rourke. Um, mm -hmm. But also has uh, another favorite of ours, uh, beloved character actor Jeff Fahey. Yeah. What? I, I'm, I'm just perplexed by how these people ended up in this giant piece of shit. I, yeah. I don't know how. Um, yeah, because it doesn't seem like the, I, I don't have a budget on this thing, but it doesn't seem like this cost very much. So um, this looks I, so cheap. I it, can't it, imagine. It's... I mean, Jeff Fahey must have worked a day or two based on how little he's in the movie. Honestly, well, yeah, even Mickey Rourke and Michael J. White, I don't think we're on set that much in this thing. Mm -mm. It's amazing how much of this movie is filled with people you've never seen in anything before and will never see again, nor should you. <laughs> Nor should you. Because <laughs> they're not good. And uh, we oh. also have Brendan Fair, who we talked about uh, in Daughter right. of the Wolf, who's also barely in this movie. And when he is, he's actually trying his best. He's, I mean, we've seen him in two terrible films, and we've been satisfied with his yeah. acting talent he had, he in both a, of them. I think he had, he's pretty good. He had so much more to do in Daughter of the Wolf. But here, he's trying, once again... You can see it when a good actor is like, well, I'm going to try to make these scenes make emotional <laughs> sense. And, you know, I'm going to try to be a character. Um, yeah. So I I actually think that guy I want to I want to see that guy take the lead in one of these at some point here. Me, too. Yeah, I would be I'd be happy to see that twice. We've, we've been impressed with his work in supporting roles. And I, I think he's yeah. I think he's legitimately good. Um, yes. So yes. Uh, but yeah, but once again, all the good actors barely in this thing. Yes. Well, who do we? Yes. I mean, who, who, who do we see the most? These fucking the dumb, daughters, the daughters, and these three dumb dumb criminals. Yes. Oh yeah. my god, this movie, this yeah. movie, Lisbon. Let's talk about who made this movie. This comes to us from yeah. writer director Asif Akbar, um, who never watching another movie from him again. I think. Well, and this was the uh, thing uh, we watched this last night, and I I, I opened up as IMDb going, well, this has to be a first time filmmaker because we'll get into it. Mm -hmm. This has we were talking about. This looks like a student film. There's so many yeah. active mistakes in it. Like I can't just believe... like basic fundamental fundamental filmmaking errors like and that. Yeah, anybody would know if they'd made any film before. You yeah, assume. Incre I mean. I can't believe no. I mean, it's not like this movie has a big crew, but there's enough people that somebody will go, hey, wait a minute. Uh, I would hope, but apparently not. But no, this is the 25th directing credit for Mr. Akbar, which uh, that's that's insane. How that's does he keep crazy. getting? And he has nine more films in various states of development or production. Now, when, okay. When was his first movie made? Because if he made 25 films in two years, then I guess that would sort of make sense. He's been directing since 2006. That's a while. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. He's been okay. at this. He's been at this a while. Is right. And uh, <laughs> I did show I did show this post to you, but his movie that he made before the Commando is Ace and the Christmas Miracle, which, yes, folks, is a talking horse movie. Yep. Yeah. So if you watch this movie and love it, mm -hmm. then you should check that out. Featuring John Lovitz as the voice of the talking horse. 
who I'm sure just did one day of like recording in his own house and, for, for the movie. And then he said, money, please. I'll take my check now. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and I love John Lovitz, but yeah, that is mm-hmm. just him going, bring a microphone in and I'll record what you want. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, no, I, I okay. don't, I don't think we'll be watching many more films, with Mr. Akbar, because, um, this is terrible. This is really this is, incompetent. We discussed this last night a bit, but mm-hmm. this is in the running for most unwatchable film of this year. Absolutely, like, it was that bad. It was that bad. Oh, was his wife? Because um, it seems like this Courtney Akbar is in all of his stuff. I want to see if she was in this. Uh, no, she's not in this, but apparently he uses his wife a lot in his movies, which, you know, whatever, but... Sure. I mean, also, Van Damme uses his family all the time. Yeah, 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 but we like those people. <laughs> but yes, yeah, I mean, it's true. Um, I think... Okay, he's a producer on a lot of stuff. I, okay. I'm i gonna... Okay, I don't... I'm gonna guess... He's independently he's, wealthy? That's my guess, is that he's yeah. funding these movies, is how... Yeah. Uh, is how this is. I'm I'm looking at his. I'm kind of scamming through or uh, scamming skimming through his uh, biography here. But I'm just saying, like the fact that he produces a lot of stuff. I don't know. It seems like he's the one tossing money around. Yeah, because who else would spend money on this shit? You know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, and Saban will. It will always just. They're looking to release anything. So when something right. comes their way, I don't think. I don't. I mean, here's the thing about because we've seen. This is the worst Saban movie we've seen. I know. I usually think yeah. of Saban like, you know, they make like a lot of those Bruce Willis movies, right? Which mm-hmm. are much more polished than this, even if they're not good. Even something yeah. like Hard Kill, which is dirt cheap, was much more competent than this, though. Which is so hard to believe. Like yeah. that movie was so shockingly bad that I'm like, well, we can't watch another Willis film on this podcast for a while. But it made And even com- in comparison, that movie sense. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Like it's scene to scene, moment to moment, you could follow what was There's so many parts in this movie when we were watching this last night that we had to back up and go, "Wait, what? How did <laughs> literally like how did a person get from one place to another?" doesn't matter it this movie is so uninterested and yet they also show in excruciating detail people get you know there's an example of somebody getting out of a car and then slowly walking towards the house and then rounding it and then going into the house is what i saw a lot in film school a lot of like why do you have to show somebody get out of the car close the door lock the car door walk up yeah you know like yeah there was a lot of like uh, which is bizarre because that yes you're right those are contradictory things because usually that comes from an inexperienced filmmaker going well people won't understand they will uh, yes yeah, like no they will and so always <laughs> my thing to that was always like have you seen other movies do other movies do that ever you know what i mean like it's kind of just a thing where you just go like yeah well, all it does all it takes is just to watch a movie yeah and pay attention to what they actually show and what they leave out that like I, you just have to you just have to pay attention to the movies. number one piece of advice i see from most filmmakers is how you know how do you learn to make movies watch a lot of movies yeah that's yeah. it just absorb the art form man uh mm-hmm. and i wonder if akbar is one of these guys i i worked with a producer once 
who told me I was talking to him about, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And he's like, no. And he goes, I don't I don't really like watching movies. I'm not a fan of watching movies. I, I'm more interested in making them. And I just was like, I, I those the, I don't understand. You can't separate those two things. Right. How are you going to understand the process of filmmaking if you don't even really understand films because you don't right. watch them? Yeah, that's kind that, of the thing where it's like I don't. Uh, that, like, like, why would you want to make a film if you don't watch yeah, films? I know, right? Like, do something you're passionate about, you yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I won't call him out here, but you know who this person is. No, of course is, not. And I'll tell you. I do. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. so yeah, but, uh, it was one of those things where I was just like, um, do, like does yeah. not compute, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe Akbar is one of these guys. I don't know. I will say he has Could maybe, he? maybe the douchiest IMDb photo I've ever seen. It's not great. It's, no. uh, not a great photo for sure. With his mirrored sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's he's got another poor one. Yeah. camera quality. And then he's got another one with his tight black t-shirt. <laughs> Anyway, uh, well, black is slimming, John. Black, black is very is slimming. slimming. He does have two co-writers, including the great named Al Bravo. <laughs> I don't think that's this guy's real name. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, who's also his fellow producer and uh, mm-hmm. sometimes actor. He's not in this one, but I see he has taken some roles and stuff. So uh, sad we missed Al Bravo's. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, lightning performance. Yeah, uh, the he produced a movie before this called Assassin X that I'm sure is about the quality we're looking at here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Assassin yeah. X. Oh, you'll love this. Uh, Assassin X. He hunts assassins. Is the tagline? Okay, that's not really a tagline. Oh. It's more of a premise. Oh man, starring our old pal Olivier Gruner, who we saw in Mercenary. I don't even I don't even remember this he, person. He honestly. was the main guy uh, in that John Ritter mercenary movie. He oh, was, he was the mercenary. Okay, okay, gotcha. Olivier gotcha. Gruner. Yeah, um, not, oh, still and, not gonna watch that. But, and yeah. Martin Cove is in it, so two people from Mercenary are in this movie. <laughs> wow, maybe we need huh. to watch Assassin X. I don't know. He hunts if we assassins. Do, John. <laughs> That <laughs> I'm just going down a whole web here of that movie's directed by a guy whose name is Art Camacho. Okay, cool name. Yeah. Uh so yeah. Oh, he's directed a lot of stuff. Yeah, we might we might I mean, we might go down that guy's list at some point. Um, I mean, it, there's always deeper and deeper to delve into this realm of oh, madness, John. I mean, here's the thing. We could we could not think out the scheduling of this movie and kind of pull a Bruce Winnie a little bit and literally just play like connect the dots with people's IMDb, right? This to we this to this. We could do that. Oh, that would be an interesting like experiment th- with this like podcast. A, like a theme month where we just kind of like go... Follow, recommendate. We could... <laughs> The winning month is like the winning yeah. strategy month yeah. or something like that. That's not a bad idea. Just go with the suggested movies. Yeah, it would be hard to plan because it would be just the movies that are recommended based on the movie we've seen before. Right. But, but yeah, uh, that might be interesting. We should play around with that later. I mean, yeah, we're because I think we are kind of doing that. Not, you know, we're a little bit In a way. choosier than that. Oh, my God. There's another Michael Jai White, Mickey Rourke movie. Oh Jesus! Why? Why? Oh my God! Take back! 
No take backsies. <laughs> take back. Um, oh my god. We'll have to we'll have to talk about this because the wig on Mickey Rourke on this poster is <laughs> hilarious. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, back to the commander. That's how boring this movie is. Though it uh-huh. starts very standard action movie. We got the DEA bursting mm-hmm. in on a meth lab or something. It looks like a meth lab, yeah. Yeah, it's very... Uh, I mean, not that either of us know specifically what a meth lab looks like. No, but, I only know. know it from, like, Breaking Bad and other drug movies and stuff, once again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah kids don't do meth. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not great. Not a great drug. No. Uh, so they, they come in, big old firefight happens, good in a meth lab of some sort, right? Mm. To start shooting oh, yeah. guns. Um, mm-hmm. boy, this, this is a long gunfight too. It's long and very boring. Cause it's just people standing and shooting at each other. Yeah. Standing behind <laughs> pillars. Um, we get a little Michael Jai white Kung Fu here. He does like take a guy down. There's never enough, though. Like, there is some. It's yeah. true. But, like, it's just not enough we gotta to find, justify We gotta the find the a Michael J. White movie that's, like, a proper kung fu plot, you know? I, yeah, I think we would... I think you and I would both enjoy that more than... Yeah, that's, that's, that's like... Because yeah. uh, he's gotta have some kind of underground fighting ring movie or something. Like, yeah. That's the kind yeah, of totally. We're, uh, we're looking for... Oh, my God. Um... He did a he did a straight to video sequel to uh, Jean Claude Van Damme's Sudden Death. Uh, Michael J. White did. Yeah, Michael J. White oh. did, and it stars him. And the bad guy is the warden from Vendetta. Oh wow! Yeah. Once again, oh, no. this world they're just everything. Everybody's in everything. I mean, like. That's what we're talking about. You can just link one to the next to the next. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we'll check that out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nobody's thrilled about it, though. Um, no. So, yeah. So, we start with this. But the big thing that happens at the end of this is they're like, wait a minute. Look at this. There's blood coming out of this closet. And never any explanation for what the situation actually was. But there's just a bunch of women who are in this closet, and when the gunfight mm-hmm. happened, stray bullets killed all the women in there. Right. Yes. And Michael J. White is like, "Oh no, why, Black He's... Dynamite?" <laughs> I didn't know what they were saying, but they're looking up at me, and they're just like, "Why, Black Dynamite?" Yeah. Why? Just yeah. Um... Once again, instead of watching this, watch Black Dynamite. Um, oh. Just... It's shorter than this and better. Um, yeah, it's a it's a brief, just brisk, hilarious movie. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it is, and he, and and it's the first of I think about twenty shots of Michael J. White where his expression is, "Oh my god." Mm, yes, there's a lot of and... sudden realizations of horror from Michael J. White in this. And and I don't know if uh, if you agree with I know John, you're going to agree with me on this, but. <laughs> Based on what I saw, not a super accurate portrayal of PTSD. You oh, know? God, no. I mean, no. It, it latches on to one very specific aspect of PTSD, and that's like traumatic yes. flashbacks. And then it gets goofy as shit from there. It, you're right, exactly. And, like, I do appreciate that it show. Well, no, because... <laughs> 
I was going to say, I do appreciate that he's like talking to a therapist about it and actually trying to sort through his issues. But then that gets thrown out the window as soon as his family is in danger. Yeah. And then it's no longer addressed anymore. And I guess he's oh, fine. No, this movie doesn't have anything to say about PTSD, really. In fact, I think it's saying very confusing and probably dangerous things about PTSD, really. Did, did the this movie have the line or did you uh, riff this when we were watching it? But like uh, he was fine during like the violence oh, no. and like Th that's in the movie, man. Oh, it was. Yeah, but it was regular like civilian yeah. life that. Yeah. Fucked him up because that's not true. No, yeah, that's not a how scene that works. Near the end of the movie where he suddenly switches into action hero mode when there's like 15 minutes left in the film. And his wife goes, wait yeah. a minute. And he goes, I'm going to kill these motherfuckers. And his wife goes, wait, won't that screw you up more? He goes, nah, baby, it's civilian life that fucked me up. This shit I was made for. <laughs> not, that's not. That's pretty that's fucked so up. That's so incorrect. That's, basically that's saying, really fucked up. Yeah, that's basically saying the only way to cure PTSD is to go back to the killing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just accept that's what you do. You're a killer now. <laughs> That, wow, what a bleak perspective on violence and, and culture. Uh, one of my favorite movies uh, about warfare is The Hurt Locker. And mm -hmm. the ending of that movie is kind of that, but it's meant to be kind of a bleak, tragic ending where the yeah. guy can't function in normal society, so he goes back to combat. Right, but That's exactly. not meant to be like, that's the right choice. It's more meant to be like, look at how broken Jeremy Renner is in this movie. Yep, he's like a lost cause almost, yeah. and that's it's very it's, tragic. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's yeah. I mean, that movie is is haunting and amazing, of course, though. But um, and takes war seriously, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah uh, very weird. So Michael J. White. The other thing is he they act, they act like he's come home from war. Once again, right? They're like you're home, and it's like from his job with the D. They act like he deployed with the DEA. That's yeah, not, that's not that's not how that works. They're, they're federal uh, agents, like anything. It doesn't maybe they'd we, still have a home life. Yeah, I mean, maybe he had to go on an investigation for a while or something, but but also they're also a federal organization, so it's not like he had to go to Chechnya or something like that either. No, no, so, he was. I would assume he'd be in America. I would yeah. think so. Yeah, I don't know. This movie doesn't really understand what the DEA is, though, and they don't nope. care. It doesn't, no. it doesn't really matter because it doesn't play into anything. Drugs aren't actually part of this plot. No. So what does no, it matter? It's, it's tangential. It doesn't even matter. Why, yeah. Like his trauma doesn't matter because it just goes away as soon as he decides to kill all these so people. So why not make him a Navy SEAL or a Special Forces guy then or something like that? Because it doesn't uh, matter. John, I, I think you nailed it on the head. They're, they don't care. I don't think this filmmaker gives a shit. Like, no, they're literally. Uh, there's just, no other. Yeah. There's no other excuse for it. Like, no. I don't think it's incompetence. I mean, it, it is, but I think it's just a lack of giving any amount of fucks about. No, they are the just end going product. like, uh, I don't know, DEA. That's like an action movie thing, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because this, I don't know, DEA can be commandos. Well, why because not? Because this fuck? same scene care. could have been. Oh no, bad guys are got their hands on plutonium and they're trying to build a bomb and we're stopping that. It would look the same as guys in lab right. coats and stuff. Like, it doesn't – and they still could have had the women be killed. It, it doesn't matter because we don't even know – once again, the whole opening scene is pointless even. 
Yeah. In fact, yeah. It, but little do we know, it's about the only action we'll get for like an hour of this movie. Which is just, it's so infuriating. It's so boring. Because this thing is pitched as an action movie. Right. I mean, yeah. it's called The Fucking Commando. <laughs> right. What a mislabeled movie. Like, it's not that's not what this movie is it gives the wrong impression i mean so when you look at the, the, the we don't normally talk about posters but i want to talk about this because selling mm -hmm. this movie so the poster is the, the majority of the poster is mickey rourke in his cowboy hat with his sunglasses looking like a bad guy and then michael mm -hmm. j white in his tactical gear which he only wears at the beginning of this movie right he's in his tactical gear with his machine gun you can see the stock of his assault rifle and then at the bottom is like a full tactical team with their laser sights and sparks are going off. And the tagline yep. is only one will survive. None of that has anything to do with what the actual movie is. No, because this it's... looks like it's going to be a battle between this commando and some kind of criminal. And it's going right. to be a head to head one on one, you know, showdown. Like. This movie is is a bait and switch, right? It's this movie is it's not a movie; it's a scam. Yeah, it feels like it is. I'm I yeah. I, I want my three dollars back for renting. <laughs> <laughs> not that not that that three dollars has hurt me, but just out of principle. Right. You know I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. No money should be spent on this film. No, I like, just want to. I just want to retroactively take my money away from this movie. By the way. This the right the the other like the actual credited screenwriter because Akbar and Bravo have a story by credit. Oh, this mm. guy does not have much in the way of credits. The right no way. Thing. Well, you had a theory that there was no screenplay. That that is my ongoing theory. Yes. Yeah. I I my guess is they had an unfinished screenplay. They had pieces of a script or even maybe pieces of an outline. Honestly, because yeah, it is the dialogue that is so stilted and awkward in a way that, as you're saying, felt like everyone was improvising, but poorly. Yeah, <laughs> right. A, a bunch of people who are not trained improvisers were improvising all of the dialogue of this movie is what it felt like. Because everything does, I mean, even all the line delivery is just like, ah, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how many lines in the movie, too, are just like, good, yeah. Good, right. yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, and that would be a whole scene of just two people being like, mm -hmm. "Do we do that?" Yeah, good. All right, great. Yeah, and then that's the scene. You'll see like whole phone calls in the sense of like, "Hello, yeah, you gonna do that thing?" I sure am. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. Bye. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Click. <laughs> and you're like, "That's a scene in the movie." Do you remember when Jeff Ahe is introduced in this movie, and then does nothing at all? Like he attempts to inconvenience michael j white that but that's scene, immediately thwarted by the basic amount of knowledge that a police officer would have and then he doesn't do anything else for the rest of the movie that until the very end that scene is incredible in retrospect it's we we got such it, we a waste of time plot as it were kind of yeah let's do our best let's do our best michael j white comes home to his wife and two daughters mm -hmm. and he's pretending to be like hey I'm the same old guy. You might even say you might be saying, I am smiling. Um, yeah. <laughs> you could say that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's sort of putting on, he's joking around. He's like, well, yeah, nothing bad happened on the last mission. 
Uh, so we're establishing his idyllic suburban life before we just randomly cut to prison to introduce Mickey Rourke. Mm-hmm. Why is this scene here? Other than I guess he's a badass. Is that the? Because these guys try to attack him in prison, and we really need to talk about Mickey Rourke's face. Yeah, yeah, it's you know I I don't like I don't want to be somebody who judges you know for getting cosmetic surgery. You know people can do what they want, right? But however, <laughs> this surgery or series of surgeries that he's done makes it impossible for him to emote. It makes the act of being an actor nearly impossible in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. It's, it's really distracting. It um, really is. I mean, it almost looks like I'm looking at IMD or I'm looking at, uh, I just Googled him uh, mm-hmm. and looking at his face. He looks like he's wearing like, um, like a rubber face from like a mission impossible movie. Yes, exactly. It yes. looks like there's a prosthetic face over his real face. I showed like uh, Maggie a picture of, of Mickey Rourke in a movie poster. Yeah. And she said, why is he wearing a fake like a rubber mask? Yes. And I said, that's not a rubber mask. That's his face. Yeah. Uh, and she was horrified. Yeah, that's I think that's <laughs> and most people are horrified when people are, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people are going, what happened, man? I mean, I think when we talk about the thing is like, uh, yeah, we don't want to mock anyone for what they look like. But, yes, this is detrimental to his acting. Honestly, it's like it's truly tragic that (laughs) that he has just like he feels like he needs to do this. Right. Um, Right. Like that is I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about his personal life. I'm assuming he's not a great person, but uh, yeah, yeah, just based on what I've heard. Yeah. But like it is still like seeing it is very sad <laughs> to it's me. It's very sad, and honestly, it makes him hard to look at on screen. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it makes, exactly. I mean, like this other movie he did with Michael J. White. I don't want to watch mainly because I don't want to look at him anymore. Yeah, I don't watch other yeah. Mickey Rourke movies. Jesus, oh yeah. my god, it's really it's pretty creepy. Um, yeah. I mean that's the other thing. He's creepy. Uh, yeah, but just, not in, not in the way like they didn't capitalize on that creepiness well, for this movie because his character I don't even is is a nothing character much like the whole movie. I don't, yeah, nobody is a like no character is a but like for the main person. bad guy. Yeah, uh, apparently his name was Johnny. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like this is one too where it's when I, when I look at character names I'm going like oh okay. Um, oh, you know, it's so weird. I'm looking at uh, Mickey Rourke's IMDb. Remember, he had all that prosthetic face in Sin City. Yes. And now yes. he's kind of he's turning into that in real life. Honestly, I think he looks more normal in Sin City than he does in this I think this he does, movie. too. At least there's like yeah. a uniformity to that face. Um, yeah. So he, he he's uh, the scene in prison is these guys go, heard you're getting out of prison. We don't like that, and they go to like kill him, and he just beats them all up, and he's and then yeah, I mean, he's just like, <sighs> like another day. I mean, I think this is just to uh, trying to get into the headspace of the screenwriter, quote unquote. Uh, <laughs> I think this is just to establish you don't want to fuck with this guy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, I guess that's it. We got the parole. His parole scene really got us. 
Because not only do you have these two guys who look nothing like officials of any sort with their mullets and like disheveled <laughs> hair. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. The We had to back this up and pause it to understand what was wrong oh, with this piece of paper God. they cut to that's his parole sheet. The decision making behind this sequence of uh, of images that we saw mm-hmm. is so baffling. Yeah, I don't understand what led them to make these decisions. Because the shot uh, is a close up of the. I mean, we'll get into the technical aspect, but but conceivably, what we should be seeing, what they want yeah. to show us, is this sheet, this uh, his his parole paper, and yeah. a hand comes in with a stamp that says paroled. But and and yeah, and uh, those of you at home listening to this or I guess listening to it wherever mm-hmm. you're thinking, oh, that's easy. You just have a piece of paper that you film with a camera and you have a hand come down and stamp, right? Oh, Lisbon, it's the 21st century, though. We got special effects, baby. <laughs> but but why, John? Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is a perfect example of a baffling use of CG because I don't. I what, don't what became, it. It, we, 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 it looked so weird and we had to back it up and then we eventually paused it because we were trying to understand what we were kind of pulling the corridor crew here trying to go okay what is cgi here why does this look weird and i think what yeah. we landed on is the paper is cg yes and then it's a it's a real hand with a stamp but in front of a green screen stamping yes. down and then they've made the parole sheet is all digital which is a baffling decision i don't i don't understand and then on top of that, just print out a piece of paper i, I don't understand on, on top of that is the <laughs> worst photoshop picture i think i've seen in any movie which is mickey rourke's mugshot. it doesn't even look like mickey rourke mm-hmm. I, I i'm wondering if they're trying to make it look like it's a younger him because it it looked I mean, I think it, they are, it, yeah. it's, it's like got, you said, got, I think it's the worst Photoshop I've ever seen. Not in any movie, but ever. Just, yeah. Honestly. Because I think it, I think it is an actual photo of young Mickey Rourke, but mm-hmm. it's uh, they've added this hair to it. <laughs> they've added like big kind of almost curly sort of hair. Yeah. And then yeah. it's on a different body. And uh-huh. we talked about the head is turned, but the body isn't. So it puts it, the, the, head. the head was normal. So it, like the head and the shoulders and everything mm-hmm. facing directly towards the camera. Mm-hmm. What was off was the face. The just face. the face yes. was just weirdly to the left. Right. As if he was looking to the side, maybe. I don't it, know. It seems like they took a, an actual like photo of a guy in a convict thing. And then they just put Mickey Rourke's face over it. But then and then put somebody's hair. Yeah. On top and then of that. put somebody's hair on top of it. But the thing that got me is the way they tried to get the whole thing to look natural is they blurred out the neck a lot to try to like <laughs> smooth it's their attempt to smooth it so that the face goes into the neck and you kind of a, mm-hmm. oh it's all just kind of one thing oh it yeah looks, the, i mean i think you said this last night when we were watching it they did not count on anyone pausing it like we <laughs> <laughs> they were really hoping people were looking away from the screen as it, soon as that happened. yeah instead we went well we have to understand what we're looking at here the other thing i found hilarious is it looks like it's an actual like parole sheet, but sure. they didn't fill in any of the information, so there's a bunch of blank spots in it yep. where you're going like, wait, shouldn't that say something? You'd think. Yeah. 
I mean, and we were we were even talking about earlier in the day of like the job that some people have on a film set of filling out information like that. Yeah, that's a specific job people have, yeah. and very clearly, because again, nobody cares with this film, so nobody's going to be like, "Well, I would type out a bunch of information, but that's going to take fifteen minutes, so I'd rather not." Yeah, we talked about the director not caring, but this movie really screams of a movie where literally no one involved cared. Not a single yeah. member of this crew or cast could give yes. a shit. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, they're all at the city. Uh, Michael J. White's sitting at the dinner table with his family when all of a sudden he just stares off into the distance with another, oh, my God, face. Oh, my God. And he starts seeing the dead women all shot up. But now they're, like, kind of alive but have the bullets in their heads and are staring at him. You know what would have been effective? Because uh, cause the way they portray that is just showing the footage that they already filmed right. and showed. Right. Uh, but if they had the actresses uh, standing behind yeah. his family, yeah. like with bullet holes in them, yeah. that would be interesting. And even this, I mean, it's not a direct ripoff, but like basically probably one of, if not my favorite movie, is Michael Mann's Heat. And there's a mm. whole thing in that where Pacino talks about seeing all the ego he's talking about a dream he has where he's at a dinner with all the murder victims that he's investigated mm. and they could have created that kind of thing visually where he's like but they all got black eyes from the eight ball hemorrhage in their head you know yeah, uh yeah. And, and and we don't that movie doesn't feel the need to actually show any of that shit it just leaves it to pacino to convey mm -hmm. the horror of this in concept uh um, yeah I mean yeah we see this same footage of these dead women 20 times in the movie probably at least yeah. at least 20 times yeah and that's it that is the extent of his trauma portrayed yeah. visually he doesn't have any yeah he doesn't really have any visual hallucinations or any auditory hallucinations Despite... although they talk about no, him yeah, having those because it's weird his whole thing with his therapist is you have to determine what's real around you it's like but this just seems to be like flashbacks that they don't they don't what you're talking about would have made it seem like, oh yeah, it's actually infringing on reality. Here, it just no. seems like it's stopping him in his tracks as he remembers it dramatically. It, exactly, he's just having flashbacks. Right, he's not visualizing it, other than seeing it, like other than imagining it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it's a it's a fine. Again, they didn't bother to understand like what the side effects of PTSD are and how they could represent that in an interesting way and then, in film as we're saying it doesn't play into the plot at all no and it, uh, yeah it also doesn't matter no nope. at all no it's all uh, just there to give some semblance of gravitas you know they don't want, yeah don't don't touch ptsd don't touch this kind of stuff that is really complicated and messy yeah. and like you know don't if you're making this kind of movie just make it a dumb fun movie like Dude, don't even touch that kind of stuff no I, i'm serious about this iron man 3 is a way better portrayal of ptsd than this yes way yes better portrayal absolutely uh, absolutely yeah <laughs> um so the uh uh oh so this is the first of probably four or five scenes where michael j white her uh, his wife her entire character is just to be i'm worried Yep, that's her only character She's motivation. The Which uh, wife, you know I'm that concerned. is 
Like, if you're married to somebody and they've been through a traumatic experience, of course you'd be worried about them. But she has no other notes. She has no other, mm. like, motivation. She she isn't a person. You I'm know. worried about you. You yeah. worry me. You worry me. <laughs> but then she also looks annoyed by him yeah. sometimes. Like, she's like, oh, I cannot fucking believe this guy. Right, you know? right, yeah. I, yeah, the, no, yeah, this other thing is, like, uh, I'm worried about you right up until I'm just, ugh, you know. Uh, <laughs> completely inconvenienced by your trauma. Ugh. Yeah, I know, right? Like, Jesus Christ. Then it's like, all right, uh, yeah, now I'm just annoyed by your trauma. God, come on, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, ridiculous. Um, but uh, uh, their older daughter goes, hey, guys, I have a surprise for you. I got you uh a two-night stay at some cabin somewhere it doesn't matter because they never actually end up getting there so they really don't no and 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 they go like wait how'd you afford this she goes oh so-and-so's mom won it at a raffle or whatever and they can't use it so but it turns out uh uh-oh what's this that's not true she's a little liar uh my god because uh we then cut to mickey rourke meeting up with his dumb dumb criminal buddies <laughs> though this <laughs> this crew man this crew this criminal organization of four people is mm-hmm. pretty yeah it's pretty bad <laughs> uh yeah we we meet uh what are these guys names do they even have names there's meet... irish guy that's um, somebody's d- somebody's dad yeah <laughs> which is the beard guy yeah and yeah. then sean white <laughs> that's matthew is the sean sure. white guy somebody's uh-huh. dad i think is uh oh i th- no, i don't know who somebody's dad is uh anyway uh i do want to talk about uh he's actually scottish the guy um, oh is he yeah the the actor and i'm trying to understand his relationship here because you're gonna know uh the the last name of this guy is rather well known he's a guy this guy's name is uh gianni capaldi hmm yes yes i believe he is the nephew of doctor who's peter capaldi Wow, I guess uh, acting doesn't run in the family. But well, he's another guy who, when I look him up here, he's got tons of classical training. Uh, like, I, I don't know. This guy's interesting to me. Uh, I mean, you know, f- fair enough that, like, we, we can't necessarily judge him for the worst movie he's ever been in. Everybody's been in a bad film. Everybody's had a bad performance that that is fair this guy's in i just of, this guy's in a lot of bad movies this guy's yeah, in, this yeah. guy is firmly in the action shelf category uh yeah. he makes a lot of this level of movie now i don't know that that means he couldn't be good in something um you know he <laughs> it just means he can't pick you know his projects yeah. very well i guess yeah i mean uh, well i mean uh, yeah i mean as we know though you kind of fall into this oh my god he was in the cross do you remember the cross lisman that was the like super broy catholic superhero movie yes yeah was it just the cross or was it called celtic cross it might have been called celtic cross it was a i mean as list on his biography was called the cross but they may have changed the title 
That's um, fair, yeah. Yes, yeah, we saw I, I do remember that movie. That movie was terrible. Yeah, man, we did see that, though. Yeah, there it is. Mm. Uh, 2011's... Uh, the yeah the cross i think is is what i'm seeing is the title mm-hmm. um oh my god listen there are two sequels to it there oh, are two wow. sequels there's the cross cross wars and then cross rise of the villains <laughs> what a terrible name rise of the villains that's awful uh and oh my god the tagline on cross rise of the villains is muerte dot 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 another day that's because danny trejo's in that one of course uh-huh and they can't say die another day yeah no no they, they get yeah the bond people come after him for that oh god this cast man because you've you've not only got danny trejo brian austin green who's the star of all of those but then added mm-hmm. to that third movie eric roberts lou ferrigno oh this all adds oh, up boy. man it all do we need to up. check this out I think we might need to watch the Cross trilogy at some point on here, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think we seems, might have to seems do... Seems like we're... Because it's been a while since we saw... I remember that movie, but I think if we watched it again, I wouldn't remember it too much. But, um, but yeah, these are like... Yeah, these are like superhero movies based around Catholicism. But, like, bro-y Catholicism, right? Like, they're not yeah, religious yeah, movies. Yeah. They're, like, uh, they're like Mark Wahlberg Catholicism, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you know i like go to church on uh sundays but i also say fuck a lot and uh you know yeah uh, yeah i'm gonna punch your face in yeah the, the i always go to mark Wahlberg because it is sort of thing where he's like yeah, yeah yeah you know like uh praise god and stuff right like it's always like uh yeah i sort of like the aesthetics right you know uh i'm a tough guy yeah, yeah. i like jesus and whatnot yeah all that hullabaloo or whatever yeah, where it's sort of like yeah, 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 right, 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 right. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, 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 I'm Catholic, sure, sure. you know? Yeah. yeah, real big Catholic Levit- over here. Leviticus whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where it's like, I. Uh, it's part of my personality, but I don't think about it too much. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make, you know, I mean, he, he had his religious movie out where he's the priest, but it's like an R-rated Catholic movie where he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a priest. Who the, isn't that fucking crazy, man? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I'm still getting, getting. I'm still getting some. I'm still fucking, man. I'm still fucking. Yeah, yeah, got it. And that got was, it. that the fact that that was him and Mel Gibson in that movie is like, yes, that a hundred percent adds up. They're both those guys. Sure like, is. We yep. are. Reli- I mean, like Mel Gibson makes his Jesus movie and it's the goriest, blood drenched Jesus. You know, that's what. Yeah. I, that's yeah. what I want to focus on: the brutal murder of Jesus. <laughs> Because it's badass, you know, right? That's what we need to focus on. Yeah, it's fucking metal. Yeah, it's the boon. Oh, the it's the Boondock Saints Catholicism. I think is actually maybe the best description of it, right? A movie that we both enjoy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, but... yeah, yeah, yeah. Boondock Saints is great, but it's not a lifestyle to us like it is to some. People. No, right. Like exactly. I've met some yeah. serious Boondock Saints fans where I go, oh, I just thought it was a fun movie, man. But you like. Right dress like these guys and stuff uh right people who watch uh fight club and are like this is a way of life for me yeah 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 there, and i think there's uh, i think that's a venn diagram between those two i think movies. they're yeah, yeah yeah exactly well also though in classic fashion uh fight club is a movie that is knowingly satirical about toxic masculinity boondock saints yeah. no it's fully leaning into like 
guns um yeah yeah there's full-on montages of people loading their guns mm -hmm. like it's a sexual act you know oh yeah those are movies are gun porn but i can enjoy that from a you know like a distanced perspective of i'm watching this two-hour entertainment and then i go about my life um yeah anyway back to this movie back to this piece of shit um yeah i'd much rather be watching either boondock saints movie than this um mm-hmm Mm -hmm. uh yeah so he meets up with his old friends and he talks about how remember that money we stole and they're like oh we sure do boss uh, <laughs> yeah well i hid it in this house all these years ago and now michael j white and his family live there and at this point Complete i go coincidence i go okay i see what this movie's gonna be mm -hmm. but then it doesn't turn into that movie for like another hour <laughs> yeah it's yeah. since I can't stress how long it takes for anything to happen in this movie. It's like, infuriating. It's really because because you are going like, well, this is a pretty standard setup, pretty classic. I mean, I think is this we've probably done these, but this is like a subgenre of horror action is the home invasion thriller. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it. I don't it, know if we've covered that in this podcast. That's what I'm trying to think. Specifically, I don't, I don't think we really have. But it's a, it's a yeah. classic, and it's also a good low budget one too. Right? Yeah, yeah that's a smart way to to save money while making a movie. It's a it's a genre I've thought about playing in because I'm going mm -hmm. like I think we could make something like that for little money. That yeah. But you know, dude, I think right now even without money, I could make something better than this. Uh <laughs> I mean, it just takes basic understanding of how film works. Yeah, so, and yeah. like I just. A rudimentary understanding of character and uh mm -hmm. <laughs> and the ability to look at what you've written and think maybe this should change yeah maybe we should edit this oh maybe yeah. we should have a second draft of anything or as you said maybe you should have a script period um yeah 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 exactly so anyway they go uh and of course immediately we cut from that to obviously the older daughter has found the money and mm -hmm. she's just oh she's just tossing it around baby she's making it rain right <laughs> just spending so much money on all sorts of things and i like when the, the there's the good sister and the party sister right so mm -hmm. when good sister comes in and it's like what are you doing with all this money and uh uh party sister just goes here take a stack of cash and keep your mouth shut <laughs> 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 they also she, she makes a big deal about look at the the bands on this money it's from a bank that never really comes into play either though the fact that it's nope. like it, that's just to make us i guess ostensibly go oh they robbed a bank the bad guys mm -hmm. yeah i mean they mentioned it at some point but yeah. but it's all like once again the robbery they committed doesn't matter doesn't matter yeah, his no. dea career doesn't matter like none of the nothing they set up matters in any way no. That no. Mickey Rourke's dead wife that they talk about a lot doesn't really matter, except it's the reason why he wants this ring that he hid in there. But there's no reason why the daughters wouldn't have given him the ring, yeah, right? I don't like, they could have just they could have just given him the ring and the money. Well, the money is one thing because I guess the daughters have spent it already. Yeah. Like, I was some waiting, of it. I was waiting for that where they're like, wait, there should be more here. But but because the emphasis was so much on the ring itself, mm -hmm. when all they had to do was just give it to him, and that would have solved that problem. Like I, I don't know what the what's where's the conflict here? Where's the like yeah. tension? 
there there isn't any there's you because you're, you're right there's no motivation from the michael j white's daughters really to keep any to, to keep, keep it yeah yeah just like i eh. yeah. like what if what if they found the money and used it to like pay for like michael j white's medical bills or like some or like something important well, that would be you know? something is like most of the money's gone or something like that right like, right that would then set the bad guys off that would make sense right, right. um yeah or i've also seen ones where you keep it kind of vague what they're even looking for Mm-hmm. oh yeah you yeah kind of yeah. make it a MacGuffin. that's kind of cool yes. too then it's like sure because because then it doesn't really matter because then you can focus more on the the character interactions mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. like he, they, they've overcomplicated this plot yes yes uh, while also doing nothing at the same time it's a problem that action shelf i feel like is kind of unique to action shelf movies which is the idea of I being so. overcomplicated and underdeveloped at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. well well yeah because they don't understand that when you set something up in a movie yeah you then n- should you don't have to but you then should at least pay it off in some way everything like that is set up in a movie should come into effect later on just so that the audience members are rewarded for like sitting through this you know movie looking at the biography here of this asif akbar they talk all about his film training and film school that's like day one shit that you just said right there just the most basic storytelling yeah, it, like it, honestly not even movie specifically just basic creative writing yeah yeah and, and like it, it's fine if a movie isn't you know reinventing the wheel it's fine if it's doing something that's been done a hundred oh, times we're, we're whatever no looking for anything uh, that original on one of these like coming up with like some like a, a unique idea for a movie is tough i understand oh, that God. It's, um, it's almost impossible really right at this point yeah, yeah it's mostly just like remixing old ideas variations into, on a the theme know. and there's ways to be clever about that obviously and we see but, it all but even even if this was just like uh just a movie that we'd already seen before like mm-hmm. even if it was just rudiment even if it was just completely bland and basic and like oh we've seen this mm-hmm it could at least still be competently done. Yeah. You know? That's honestly like, all we're looking for on this show, really. Yeah. Like I said, we're not yeah. looking for anyone to reinvent the wheel. We're just looking for somebody to competently tell a story. And it's amazing yeah. how many of these movies can't. Just can't. Like, that's... And that's not even... Like, that's not even the hard part. No. That's just doing your due diligence as a storyteller. It's always and, the thing... Like I said, it is always the thing that gets me is, like, the the script costs nothing. You yeah. could get the script great. Like you could get yeah. the you could keep working on the script for a long time while you're putting financing together. Yeah, and just have it just have your like there needs to be a logic to to the script. Like there just needs to be its own logic. Yeah. You know, like this happens which means that this should react to it in a way or right. this person should feel this way about right. something. Yeah. Like I it's, it's there, there so are times when I go, I don't even know how you inadvertently don't do that stuff. Like, I, I've always been of the opinion that if you start to write a movie, at a base level, some of that stuff will just happen by just sort of uh, osmosis of working on a movie or whatever. You know? Right. 
Right. It, well, apparently not. No, uh, apparently I, that's not. This movie proves uh, me wrong. Uh, and some of the other ones do. Let's yeah. talk about Michael J. White sleepwalking with a gun because <laughs> this is fucking hilarious. This is okay. Okay. Yeah. So go, he's, go ahead, he's, John. He's laying in his bed. He starts. We, he starts having nightmares once again. It's the same fucking images of the women uh-huh. shot in the uh-huh. closet, and then he. Very much indicating sleepwalking. Poor Michael J. White having to do like, uh, um, sleepwalking <laughs> acting. Um, but then he just he 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 sits up and he's still asleep and he reaches over to the side table and picks up a handgun that was just laying there. A fully loaded handgun. That's yeah. Just out and about in a bedroom. And so he, then he know. starts milling through the halls of the house and downstairs, waving this pistol around. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and that this is the exact moment that the dumb, dumb criminals have decided to do recon and look and see what the situation in the house is. Yeah. And so they, they're peering in the windows. Michael J. White is just like, doing like nonsense sleepwalking stuff as he's waving mm-hmm. this gun around. And, and then he, he fires it like oh, a he, couple of times. He just starts shooting into the walls of the house. And these guys are like, oh, we better get out of there. He's on to us. Like, uh... <laughs> and then the wife comes downstairs and go, what was this? What's all this shooting? And he suddenly wakes up. He's like, huh? What? I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I it's don't think that's a thing. It's not. Um, but even if it was, they don't treat it with the importance that that would have. Uh, no. She does take the gun. She does. There is a point of hit, her taking the gun from him. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But at that point, at that point, when that happens, mm-hmm. when your your life and your family's life yeah. is potentially in danger, you go get help. Yeah. And and he does. He does talk to a therapist in this movie. I didn't yeah. mention that. But his wife should be like, we. We need to deal with this now. Oh, this I, is not something that can wait. This scene after this, I like that he goes, maybe I should go somewhere else for a while. And she's just like, I would never ask you to leave this house. Like, I don't know. I think he may need I, to go somewhere for a while. Like, this, there needs to be safety. Like, it's just common sense. Like, there <laughs> well, there would be basic step, like, step safety one, precautions they need to take. Don't leave guns just on tables. Uh, yeah, is a, you know, it's a good step. Lock your guns up. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's, he's, Separate it from your ammunition. Like, just basic safety. God, that you was know. so funny, though, when he just got up and looks over and there's just a gun that's been. We never saw that gun before. Suddenly, there's just a no. gun sitting right next to his bed. That gun just. Like appeared. it always is, yeah. you know? Ah. Uh, my old 45 I keep next to the bed at all times. Um, I call it my. I call it my nightcap. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. Because <laughs> uh, I'm busting a nightcap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you hear all kinds of stories about people who keep guns under their pillows and they get shot with them and stuff like that. Yeah. People yeah. Are, yeah. 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 Really stupid. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that is incredibly. Uh, yeah. All my notes are like, wife is worried. Then after this, I wrote, wife is really worried. Um, and she must be so worried that she calls his best friend sebastian and enter our pal Mm -hmm. brendan fair uh, yeah who the introduction of this character is so funny because the doorbell rings michael jai white opens it the guy has his back to the door and he turns in the (laughs) shot like he's doing a guest spot on a tv show right like yeah it's me 
Uh, and that's interesting that that's his introduction. He's not the biggest name in this movie, so it's a little strange that they He gets the most dramatic introduction, though. Yeah, yeah. It's very It does feel strange. like it should be like Matthew McConaughey or something like that. Right, <laughs> right exactly. Because he does. He or does. even Jeff Hayhee's introduction should have been like nah, this. Yeah, he just pops in. Everybody else just pops in, but Brendan Fair, a, like, a guy who you're going to be like, oh, I've seen this guy in stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. suddenly just turns around like, yep, I'm in this movie. <laughs> uh, and he doesn't say anything. He just holds up a bottle of tequila and they're like, oh yeah. But then they linger on it for a little too long. You know, they do the thing we always joke about doing where mm-hmm. it's just the scene just keeps going longer than it should. Yeah. And you're like, wait, is this, is this a joke? Or is no, we want to do not. that because it's a joke. This is just incompetent <laughs> editing. Uh, right exactly many moments of incompetent editing in this movie yeah they could show the tequila and then michael j white's reaction to the tequila and uh, then cut uh, to them drinking the tequila yeah they don't need to linger like back and forth on their reactions like it's a a sergio leone film and actually i look took a closer look at that bottle of it's not tequila it's anaconda malt liquor Uh, oh shit it gives you yeah Uh, if you haven't seen Black Diamond, you don't understand the references we're making. But look, we have to make this fun for ourselves. So uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, and also, you've watched the Black Dynamite animated show as well. I have. Yeah. So what funny. a what a great so show. Funny. The comic book was great as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's everything related to that is is the best. Yeah, the animated show is on HBO Max, yes, I believe, because yep. all of the Adult Swim content Correct. is on there. Yeah, so you I, can watch if it you've seen there. the movie, I highly recommend the show. Yeah, if you haven't seen either, I'd say watch the movie watch first. Watch the movie first, and also um, the uh, the comic book Black Dynamite: Escape from Kung Fu Island is uh, <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> so good. Yeah, so funny. Everything related to that, I love. Uh, yeah. Anyway uh so they're they're talking about once again it's this classic like uh sit around have a drink uh i can't talk to my wife but i can talk to my war buddy you know yeah yeah and poor brendan fair just has nothing in this movie nothing. his whole character is just to be i'm your supportive best friend right exactly at least in daughter of the wolf Mm-hmm. I, for whatever reason, his character was so interestingly written. Yeah, he, <laughs> the way that no other he character sunk was. His teeth into that part, man. We were so impressed. Yeah. And here, yeah. like we talk about, he's trying. He's almost going like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to force this relationship here and make it seem like he and Michael J. White are maybe the only people who have any chemistry in the movie. They're two good actors. Yeah. This should be a better relationship, you know. But there's this is the only scene they're in together because later it's all yeah. just him with the daughters. Which yeah. is weird. Yeah. It's weird yeah. that he kind of becomes the hero of the movie for like a twenty minute section. For like yeah, the 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 second act, it's mostly him yeah. in this movie. It's weird. Yeah. He gets the diehard stuff for a while. It's weird. Yeah. Weird, yeah. weird, weird. So yeah, he's talking to a therapist on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And she, her big thing is you've got to realize she's giving him grounding exercises. This is all real stuff. You yeah. know, about, like, recognize what you smell, what you see, what of you course. can touch in the room. But the problem is, as we were saying, they aren't doing a good job of conveying that he's hallucinating. They're, no. They're, he's having these flashbacks, but he's not, you know, <laughs> as cheesy as it is, you kind of needed him to, like, I mean, not this exactly, but you need the Principal Skinner, Johnny, Johnny, like, like, like him actually engaging with what he's seen. 
as right, opposed to exactly. just being like frozen by it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and so now he's taking his pills. I don't. How much time is passing between all of this stuff? I can't figure who out. Who cares? Who knows? And who cares? Suddenly like, he's honestly. like been on the pills for a little while, and yeah, but it also <laughs> all seems like this is happening in consecutive days. Uh, and he's taking, if I'm not mistaken, he's taking like a pretty standard anxiety medication. Yeah, I can't remember which, which one it is, but it, it, it it's it's one you see ads for, you know. If if you well, I I do know <laughs> I, I'm aware of this medication, but mm. um, uh, if you're having hallucinations, yeah, which they're alluding to, yeah, it would be a little bit more involved than just sort of a standard SSRI, you know, right, right, yeah, medication. it's it's uh no, I mean like I said you you'd need I mean I was saying this last night, you at this point he's he'd need to be getting into like antipsychotics and stuff, he, right, exactly, um, um, and like if anything, once again, once he's grabbing the guns and shit. It does seem like maybe a facility or something, at least for a little while. Some like kind at of... least like cognitive, like behavioral therapy of some sort. Yeah, you know? maybe get um... off the Zoom. You know, like yeah, like it yeah. does seem like he needs to he needs to be uh uh more yeah more more observed right like more uh... observed. Go to like an anonymous group of some sort. Like oh, it definitely like, feels uh... like he should be in some sort of veterans group or something like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But it's just like, take these pills, recognize what's in the room. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I, I, do you think this movie has a negative perspective on mental health care? Because it seems like he's like, I don't need this shit. I'm going to save my family. I kind think it a... inadvertently does. I think the movie's too stupid to actually be taking the stance. Yeah, but I yeah, think I, I think inadvertently true. it does. Yeah, I think I don't yeah. think it realizes that's what it's saying. But yes, I do. Think, I think <laughs> okay. I think it has an accidental anti mental health stance. Okay, uh, great. So then Jeff Fahey shows up in the movie just out of nowhere. Suddenly Jeff Fahey's rolling up, and yeah. he has some kind of past relationship with Mickey Rourke. Seems like it. Yeah, because he's like, remember that money I stole? And the sheriff's like, I sure do. And it's just like, <laughs> so I guess he's a crooked sheriff, obviously. I mean, we're led to believe that, yeah. And he's like, well, I'm going to go get it back, and if you let that slide, I'll cut you in for it. And he's like, sounds good, buddy. Anyway, I'm going to go do three other guest spots on network TV shows, and I'll be back later in the movie. I'll be back at the climax. Because it, uh, it does just seem like Jeff Fahey is just wandering through this movie on his way to other work. <laughs> That's what it feels like, yeah. Definitely. I got a couple days before I got to go up to Canada and shoot something. So, uh, yeah, I'll pop in and do The Commando. Because, um, <laughs> honestly, he might have worked a day. Uh, they might have been able to shoot all of his stuff in a day. It feels like it, for yeah. sure. I, I don't think this movie shot for very long, period. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was shot in 28 hours or uh, in 48 hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it like it, feel, that, yeah. it feels like something shot over the weekend. Yeah. It's just like, uh, we got some time. Do you think we can go shoot an action movie? Yeah. Those aren't hard to make. Um, as long as I don't have to request time off for my job, then yeah. <laughs> Before uh, us, if Akbar went back to the Best Buy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh that'd be pretty fucking funny um yeah. yeah so they're uh then yeah then the most baffling scene in the whole movie which is they call michael jai white to the sheriff station and they go we have a warrant for your arrest 
And he's like, the fuck? <laughs> and then he goes, wait a minute, let me see that. This isn't signed off by a judge. And Jeff A, he's just like, hmm, so it isn't. Never mind. I guess I guess you're free to go. My End mistake. of scene. <laughs> so was this plan the idea? The initial plan was we'll arrest Michael Jai White. Then when he's in prison, we'll break into his house and I take the money. Think so? Why, Why not have that, that be plan? the plot? Why have that immediately fail? Like, <laughs> to the, and to the point where it never it never plays into the plot ever again or has anything to do with anything. No, Instead, it's just Im immediately foiled. Just <laughs> to Michael J. White's like, hold on, I don't know much about the law or anything, but I know that a judge needs to sign off on it. But a, here's the like, thing: it's funny. He warrant. would know much about the law, being a federal law enforcement agent. That's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would think they would know that. I think he even says he he did. He goes, I looked at your file, DA specialist or whatever. So why does mm -hmm. he think this shit would work? You're a small town I... sheriff. He's a federal <laughs> officer, like. He knows more than you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dumb oh fuck. my God. It's so stupid. It was so unnecessary. Why did they need to waste Jeff five Fahey. minutes of this film for? Jeff Fahey was counting him just go, oh, well, I guess you got me. Put the cuffs on. Because <laughs> what did they even say he had a warrant for? It, I don't know. It, yeah. It's, I, I don't remember, it's honestly. Warrant. It doesn't. And even Jeff A., he's like, yeah, well, I, I don't know anything about it, but it came through this morning, so I just got to do my job. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I, they don't, but I wish there was a scene where Jeff A., he just goes, damn, like, after he leaves. Like, oh, I should have thought of that. Nah, that didn't work. And we, we this is another example of how cheap this movie is. This sheriff station set. Is, it's a room. Is it's, it's a room, and then outside it, conceivably the like lobby or entrance of a sheriff's station, is just a black curtain with like four chairs in front of it. it yeah, an acting studio is is taking place outside of, of yeah, this room because clearly yeah. they just got to use somebody's office that may have been even like an acting studio director's office. They took everything off the walls. There's nothing in this office. Bare, yeah. yeah. It, no set uh, dressing or set design involved in this film. Not so. ever. There, there is nothing that makes anything in this movie feel alive. Their, nope. their house feels like they just rented a house. It doesn't feel yep. like anyone lives there. Yeah, no. Uh, no not at all. <laughs> but I just like where it's like, uh, Mike J. White's almost just like, nice try, Sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't Michael J. White be concerned that the local sheriff is trying to arrest him? <laughs> Yeah, he like does, he doesn't you know what would have been an, a, a good scene is what if he went to brendan fair was like hey can you look into this guy because he's up to some suspicious shit and he just tried to arrest me yeah then yeah. that would have given yeah. some kind of motivation to the ball my good jai white has no like he takes almost no action in this movie he only responds nope. to things that come at him which can yeah. which can be fine except for it makes him really dumb by this point when it goes like clearly something really suspicious is happening I would be super suspicious of a, a sheriff who uh, illegally tried to, you know, arrest yeah. me. That seems a little weird. Yeah, it seems mean, like you should do something. I would about go it. further than just like, well, good, yeah, that that all worked out. <laughs> now to head off to the cabin with my wife, <laughs> which is basically what's next. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna drive up to the. Mountain? I don't even know where this is. 
who cares? Yeah. The film the filmmakers don't care, so why should we? I just want to see if they uh, uh if they even say they where they shot it. it because it's it's all just generic landscape. It does look like the okay, New Mexico. Yeah, that reads correct to me. It I was gonna say it looks like the desert. Yeah. Um, oh my god. I, I now see Al Bravo, one of the writers and uh, uh he has his own company, Al Bravo Films. Hmm. And it looks like he mostly produces movies directed by Asif Akbar. Um, huh, I clicked weird. on Al Bravo Films. Um, oh my God, they have some movie in pre. They have some movie that they have coming out later this year that's a hundred and forty minutes. Okay. Mr. Nine. Yeah. A, no. Yeah. No. Two hours uh, how twenty do, minutes. Directed how dare they make Asif a movie Akbar. that long? Yeah. How fucking dare they? Yeah, it looks like it's a like uh Indian like uh secret agent movie. Okay. I mean that's cool. Sure. Whatever. Whatever. Um so anyway, yeah, so they go off and immediately after they leave, well, as they're leaving, we should talk about this moment when he locks eyes with one of the bad guys across the street. Mm-hmm. But then once again, in classic fashion of this character, Michael J. White plays in this movie, he's like, that's incredibly suspicious. Well, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and it's not like this is across the street from their house. Directly. And these people have been sitting out there watching the house for a while at this yeah, point. Days. How do you not notice that? How do you? Especially if you're a highly trained government operative. Right. Exactly. Are they trying to make us think that he thinks he's hallucinating, though? Well, they didn't really. They didn't really. They. I don't think they even thought about that, John. No, no. Because they could have. They could have gone with that angle. Like if he saw this person, and then was like, uh, "I smell, you know, fresh cut grass. I see." You yeah. know, my wife, I feel, you but know. The, they... the, the other problem there being, and this does happen later in the movie, he could then just turn to his wife and go, do you see that guy? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and she goes, yes, and then we have our answer. Um, because that happens later when he gets the voicemail from the daughter, and he goes, do you hear this voicemail? And she's like, yes. He goes, good, now I can kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> what I've been waiting for the whole time. time what we've been waiting for for work. an hour in yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, boy, I, I, that one of the things I do want to st- just steer people away from this movie, if, like Lisman and I, you are a Michael Jai White fan, don't watch this because that, that, that is what they're counting on, man. Yeah. They're counting yeah, on that's... his audience to rent this movie. Yeah. And you he's will the bait. Be fooled. He is the bait. Yeah. I, a hundred percent. If, like I said, if you're watching this for him or Mickey Rourke or Jeff Fahey, mm-mm. no, they're barely yeah, in this thing. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Michael J. White's in this movie collectively for like a half hour of the hour and of the hour and a half, half hour to forty five minutes. Yeah, at most. Yeah, because yeah. at this point he basically disappears from the movie. Yes. Once they leave yes. to go to the cabin, uh, it, it, it this it, entire act, yeah, the, the entire whole, second act, the whole he's not in act, it at he all. He is not in the film. Yeah, is neither it? him nor uh mickey rocker in the nope, second act they completely yeah. disappear from the movie because now yeah. it becomes a different movie which is the older the party girl sister befitting her name uh i don't mm-hmm. care what their names are they are party girl and uh and uh what was what did i call it 
well-behaved uh, girl or whatever. Who knows? Whatever. Yeah. It, girl who reads books, as we established. Yeah. Um, uh, smart sister. I think I called a smart sister and party sister. But mm-hmm. um, but uh, uh, party sister throws a party. Yeah. A, ra- a real rager of five people come over. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 so funny how they try to make all the characters react like this is a crazy party, but it is about five people and it's not even that loud, really. No. I remember no. I said that as soon as she, as she said, like, I'm having people over, like, oh, no, a party. I go, you watch. This is going to be a sparsely attended party. <laughs> and it is. Yes, everybody who attends the party fits in one car. That was the funniest shit, man. <laughs> When one truck containing all of the party guests rolls up, and oh my god, the you want to talk about the dialogue and the actions of these teens that roll up? Number one, the car is already filled with smoke upon mm-hmm. the the way. I mean, there's they're smoking a bong in the car, which doesn't really make <laughs> sense. What? Just make it a joint. Well, they have a joint and a bong in the car because at first the guy's smoking a joint, and somebody does it. Goes go hit that shit. <laughs> yo man hit that shit and then, God, yeah. it really does feel like if we were intentionally writing a bad movie it does we would have these are all the decisions we would have made we would have a guy know? pull out a comically large bong and smoke it yes. in the car right like which it is comically large like i don't no, know how you, it fit you know what we would do seat. is they would all have their own bongs that they're taking <laughs> in the car everybody has a bong in the car or, or there's a bong that's so big it's like in the back seat and it's like <laughs> you know it extends or the, throughout the somehow the car is a bong um they take a hit off, <laughs> oh yeah they take a hit somebody's or, on the tailpipe taking oh it's good shit man <laughs> yeah we retrofitted this fucking thing somebody yeah somebody's got their mouth on the tailpipe somebody else is lighting the engine of the car like <laughs> is under the hood <laughs> spark that shit up man uh <laughs> I got to blaze. Yeah. We call this thing a trail blazer. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it is like. But no, this is already better than what this movie is. because No, because they are just writing the most like, you know, teens and their weed. It's yeah. Like, Dude, I don't remember anybody ever talking like this. No, nobody ever talked. And if like they this did, because... they're a cartoon character. You know what I mean? Like it's right, exactly. Hit that sh- and nobody. Nobody is sparking up the bong in the passenger seat of the car. That's just as asking for your bong to break. Like this is just general sort of. Well, upkeep, I love it. He t- he takes a hit off the bong in the car, then he gets out. So he's just carrying this big bong with him into the party, <laughs> which is so funny. There's something funny about somebody just walking up a driveway holding a giant bong. <laughs> like, I do wish he had one in each hand. Yes, know? that would be it. Yeah. I brought the bongs because <laughs> we need a lot of them. I I'm sad there isn't a scene of like somebody like overlooking sort of the main area of the house, like on top of the staircase, and they're smoking a bong that's so large that it like goes it down. Goes down to the, like, the sta- first floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be that. It, yeah. That is that is very sad. That, that didn't happen in this movie. Well, because I think this is about it for the weed, though. We get one weed scene, and then we're out of... We established it there. And then... We also never see the rest of the party. Nope. <laughs> there. Oh, there is a thing when she's pulling out party supplies, and she has ping pong balls. So presumably, people will be playing beer pong. Never seen, though. We, we This movie can't afford a beer pong scene. 
Yeah, that's too expensive. Because I'll movie. tell you what would have been a visually interesting thing is you start on like a close up of the ball going into the cup of beer and then the camera could like tilt up and show the people and like move John. back through the I know, I know. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I'm pitching way too much. I'm talking about <laughs> it this requires camera rigging and oh yeah, this is too much, man. This movie would there are several op- there's several moments where a shot was I out of focus, like mm-hmm. just basically out of focus. Yeah. There were shots where it was panning and then they went too far. And so they had to go back a little bit to get into actual frame. Yeah, that's when you shoot another take. I love the idea that you can see corrective moves made by the camera to be like, oh, wait, no, we went past our mark. Hold on, back it up. Very clearly no thought. And Asif Akbar goes, yeah, put that in the movie, man. That's that's fine. Fucking gold. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. You know what? Because no one does that. Yeah, I would it's love it if real, you really thought that's man. like, yeah, that's if it, it makes it feel more real. Yeah, oh my god, my god, yeah. The what is more sad? He he's delusional and thinks, yeah, this is real good shit, yeah. or he's like, I don't, I don't fucking care. Just wrap it up so I can go back to my, yeah. you know, house <laughs> and do blow off of a <laughs> off of you know the bathroom countertop. You know, like what what is more sad? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I got. Hold on, guys. I gotta get my bong. Um, <laughs> uh, the I I have uh, somebody mentions the weed in one of the reviews. I'll read later. Uh, mm. That's pretty funny. Um, so yeah, so she's throwing the party, and then I love the the smart sister upstairs trying to read her book, and very faint music is coming from downstairs, <laughs> and she's acting like, oh, I can't even focus. Oh God, this is just the there's worst. There's no, there's no audio of like people shouting or laughing or anything. <laughs> it's just like a low hum of a song that they yeah. can't actually play in the Which movie. Which is, I mean, once again, that's that's hilarious incompetence because the sound effects could sell a raging party. You don't even have to show it. Nope. Yeah. You could it's imply just... people are outside on the lawn. And here's the other thing: is the home invasion where the criminals come in and it's a party of teenagers, that could be good. Could be, yeah. Yeah, but no, we don't get any of that. Because, yeah, their whole thing is, I love, the whole thing is, we keep cutting to these guys out in their car going, all right, now's the time we're going to invade the home. Wait, what's this? A party full of teenagers? Uh, What do we do? I don't know. Let's talk about it for another 15 minutes. Yeah, it cuts back to these idiots uh, three or four times before they actually finally decide to do the home invasion. It's and, like, ah, okay, I guess we'll start the plot of the movie now. But they keep going like, should we? Ah, uh, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah, this is where we have, uh, once again, Dominic. Uh, he's popping uppers of some kind. Did they? Did he ever say what they were? So. Yeah. No, just, he did. He yeah, did not know. There's some kind of pep pill, you know. I don't know what it's ecstasy. Maybe it's ecstasy. Um, were they were going. Were they going for like um, Gary Oldman in Leon the Professional? Is that kind of what they were trying to go for with this guy? I think. I think you're right, but it's 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 funny and sad when you say that because how far he misses the mark of <laughs> one of truly one of my favorite villains in movie history yeah. um that yeah. is an amazing performance uh yeah. yeah yeah the the image of uh gary oldman cracking the pill like that's clearly in his throat by like twitching his neck yeah it like is burned into my memory oh, God, you know yeah. he is i mean yeah. he's electric in that movie um yeah here this guy is just going like oh that's right I took a pill 
I'm crazy. You know, like, yeah. But then eventually he forgets about it. And then he's just like everybody else in the scene. And I know the other two guys just like, come on, man. Don't do, don't do that. (laughs) Ah, I went crazy. Is he screwing a silencer onto his gun? And like, and, uh, yeah. So eventually, let's see. They, uh, are they also, are they also going for like the Manson murders a little bit? Like, is that kind of what they're, channeling here maybe i guess maybe i don't know home invasion they're on drugs i don't i don't know man yeah i don't once again i don't think the movie's smart enough to actually be making these connections but i think they i think they are again i'm gonna go inadvertently portraying some allusions to that uh so they walk up to the party uh you've got to love that somebody, that two people are just fucking in the truck outside. Why? There's a house. There's a house full of rooms. <laughs> I don't understand why you would choose to go have sex in a truck. I mean, maybe that's their thing, you know? Like, yeah. they're just all about... Babe, you um, know I can only get it up when we're in a truck. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's why we call it the fuck truck. Because um, <laughs> you know, honey, it's less about you and more about my attraction to the truck. <laughs> Oh man, this truck's getting me so hard, man. Um, yeah, yeah. I would love to explore more about the psychological disturbings of that. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, crazy Scottish guy just opens up the door and everybody's screaming and grabbing. He's grabbing yeah. this guy. Uh, he kills that guy. Then mm-hmm. he shoots the woman. Oh, I'm sorry, the the teenage girl that's running back towards the house. And yes. then this basically just starts his killing spree of the party. <laughs> Yeah, all of the party goers except for the daughters right. die. Yeah, because he just starts shooting them, uh, including oh one of God, the greatest John. moments in any movie John. ever. Right? There's a guy outside peeing uh, into like the 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 grass or whatever outside, mm-hmm. and he comes up and shoots this guy in the head. So the guy's body spins, and then he's his his body falls over, and the stream of urine is still coming it's- at. Still Scottish somehow guy. coming out of him for yeah. like unexplained. It gets all over the Scottish guy who then keeps uh, shooting him again until it stops. Which I'm assuming he's shooting him in his dick. Right? I think like, so. I yeah, like I, that, that's what I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> poof, 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 poof. Uh, oh come on, man! That's gross. Like, uh, like where does? I mean, there's not been a single joke in this movie, and yeah. they're going for this kind of shit. Like, I what will, the fuck? I will give the commando this? this: I have never seen that in another movie. That's a first true. on me. <laughs> that's that's true. You know, it's a it's a brand new horizon we've you know we've explored here. Uh, yeah. But uh, oh, before these guys show up, uh, Sebastian shows up because he said, "Oh, oh right, your dad wanted me to, uh, you know." keep an eye on you guys and smart mm-hmm. sister goes you got to see all this money that we found what are we gonna do yeah he's like well let's talk to what's her face about it party sister party sister and party sisters getting some yeah and i like that there's like a disturbance outside or whatever and the guy's like yeah whatever let's keep going <laughs> People are like screaming, and he's like, "Whatever, man. I'm sure it's nothing. Come on, we'll get to we'll get to it. Okay, yeah. give me thirty seconds. Yeah, 
Well, he does say something like that. She goes, like, you could even last that long. <laughs> oh, the comedy. Oh, the comedy. Uh, I was uh, busting a gut. Um, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. While he was busting a nut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the movie never overtly gets into any sleazy sex stuff, but there's a lot of implications. It's a lot of implied... Um, there's definitely but, an implied yeah. rape later in the movie which is weird because nothing which comes is of it once again completely done in post like yes like production yes because it's just a zipper sound effect yeah and the character who is presumably raped is shows no behaving in a way later yeah right exactly yeah it's clear so no, it was yeah it was them going i think we could take this further right yeah somebody was having a field day in in the sound effects uh editing oh, i the think audio we might editing. know who too uh we knew <laughs> sound effects. we once worked with an overzealous sound effects guy um yeah yeah who would do something like just put in a sound to completely imply a different uh tone of something yeah yeah uh yeah the guy keeps peeing more party goers get shot uh blah, blah. Oh, so the, the, the uh, smart sister goes and gets her phone to call Michael Jai White, and mm-hmm. we can rip off the movie Taken. Mm-hmm. Because she crawls like, under a bed to do it. Shot by shot. And, yeah. and the trailer literally shows this part. Yeah. Which is also, I believe, in the original Taken trailer. Yeah. Uh, like, it's just wholesale theft it's from, the, yeah from this movie. the daughter calls her action hero father saying, oh, God, mm-hmm. there's people in here. Now, his whole thing is, I can't fucking hear you. No service. You got to call me back. And why so, Why not just have him, like, turn back now? Like, just have him hear it here. Well, because that's why the do thing we... is, once again, they're ripping off the visuals, but they're not ripping off the, the, the actual emotional stakes of Taken, where he's actually talking to her, and he hears her, and he's like, yeah. you, you have to listen to me carefully. And then the moment when he is like, listen they're going to take you like and you're mm-hmm. like dude that's great stuff that's gripping thriller filmmaking here yeah she's like oh shit i got voicemail dad people are hearing you and then it's yeah so- they pull her out from under the bed and then yes just you just hear the sound of zip <laughs> and i guess that is a rape but she doesn't I- seem raped at all so yeah and then there's no other reference she's not disheveled she's not acting like that it was a total after the fact decision like i don't think the i don't think the actress was aware that that sound effect was put in oh no no i think it's totally just like after the movie was filmed they just they just put it in there yep for some reason i don't know it didn't add anything to the film made us groan you know it definitely didn't add anything to the movie jesus yeah we were like oh my god a zipper sound because it's on the subtitles as we're watching it too of course right zipper sound (laughs) god oh as if i mean this movie just keeps getting worse man yeah yes that's what's so crazy about it is that it just keeps getting worse somehow yeah like we're like well this could get any worse oh no it did great awesome perfect yes exactly it's it's so shockingly bad um so let's see yeah uh so so then yeah michael j white later he's like oh look my service came back and there's a voicemail from my daughter 
Hello? Mm -hmm. Oh my god, we have to turn the car around. And, uh, yeah, just to remind everybody, this is an hour and 15 minutes into an hour and a half film. So it is now... this is where he gets the call. Yeah. And he's now like... in Taken, yeah. does Liam Neeson, like, hear his daughter being taken on the phone in the last 15 minutes of the film? I think it's trying in... to remember. I think it's in the first 15 minutes of the film. Actually. Almost like that's, like, the <laughs> instigating event to cause an entire movie, yeah. like, plot to happen yeah. afterwards. You know, and like... Also... You know how inciting events happen uh, yeah. at the beginning of stories not sometimes? Only, not only does he hear his daughter taken, he also then immediately talks to the villains of the movie who are taking her, and you get that awesome monologue, thereby setting yeah. the entire stakes for the movie. Um, and I think Taken's actually a shorter movie than this. Taken's only like an 86-minute movie, but that thing fucking moves. Yeah. It is yeah. really efficient action writing. Uh, because what a what a choice to have at an hour and 15 minutes into an hour and a half film for the inciting event to happen yes yeah what? our hero is unaware of anything it'd be like if john mcclain only became aware 15 minutes at the end of <laughs> die hard that there were terrorists in the Nakatomi right Ex Tower. exactly On that's that, a perfect kind of walking around <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's just kind of walking around, yeah. thinking about his life, you know. Another one is like, probably about 15 minutes into Die Hard that the terrorists take it. That's about the, you know, like 15, yeah. 20 minutes into a movie is usually when shit starts happening. Yeah, what if John McClane was barely in Die Hard? That's <laughs> yeah. sort of what this movie is, you know? It, it is. You're just like, let's get the action. Here's a bold idea. Let's keep the action hero out of the movie for as long as possible. Yes, because we can't afford to have him. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think that is a consideration for sure on this yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, they find they find the money. This is the point where they find the money, but they can't find Mickey Rourke's dead wife's ring. Mm. But uh oh, here comes Sebastian, and he's gonna start fighting some henchmen. Oh boy, this kill. When he he bashes this guy's face into the floor a few times, then picks up a gun and shoots him through the back of his head and out his eye. Yeah, Pretty yeah, cool. not the worst effect. No, uh, I've and it's seen a real effect. Movie. It's not a CG effect, which is one of right. Which even you know how good an effect it is, but it gains some respect for me just because it's a practical makeup. Effect. Right. Right, exactly. Um, which I always prefer when it comes to gore and stuff like that. Now they immediately undo this later. <laughs> they do, <laughs> I, and I still, I'm still trying to fully understand because we'll just jump to it now. Later, when Mickey Rourke arrives, because this is Mickey Rourke's brother that he shoots. Sure. So they tell us. Um, so uh, <laughs> we didn't know that when he died, but later Mickey Rourke will say, "That's my brother." Um, how, Great storytelling. You know? How would you know? Um, yeah. Uh, when he shows up and he looks at his body, we tried to freeze it, but both his eyes are intact. He's dead on the right. ground. And it looks like the blood is on his throat. Like, like at some point, they uh, they, they said they were going to slit his throat, but they hadn't shot the guy's death yet and then decided in that moment to shoot him through the eye. That's what I think. They, they Yeah, they shot the Mickey Rourke stuff first. Right, because they needed and to they're shoot like, oh, yeah, his... Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, his throat got slit. Yeah. But then as they were going to shoot the effect yeah. that that him actually dying, yeah. somebody had the thought, "Ooh, 
you know, it'd be really cool yeah. if he shot him in the back of the head and his, it came out of the front. And they're like, ooh, yeah, that's so great. Yeah. And then nobody had the thought, oh, well, we did already shoot him with a slit throat. Yeah. So they're just like, no, just put it in. It's whatever. Well, Who cares? The other thing I thought, too, is he 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 bashed his head into the floor twice, lifted up his head and shot him through the back of his head. That means mm-hmm. the guy's body would have fallen forward. But when Mickey Rourke yep. sees him, he's on his back. I, I mean, I, I, we that, could assume that, that he flipped him over. Yeah, like, but that's, I'm saying that, that had he just been face down, it would have solved all these problems. He had just been face down in a puddle of blood. That's true. Yeah, that would have been easier. <laughs> you, no, that's a good point, John. Yeah, I know. I'm just going like, oh, my God, this movie. Just this the basic. fucking movie. I mean, it is just – it's stuff like that where I'm going like, Guys, if you're not going to take the time to make your movie make sense, why am I watching this? Like, right, right, you know, exactly. Uh, people got paid to work on this thing. Probably not much, but still, 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 yeah. And then this really confused us because it goes from that death to suddenly we're in a garage somewhere and there's a fight club going on. And we're like, there's only 20 minutes left of this movie. How are we introducing a new location and new characters? We don't know. We've never seen any of these people before, and it's some kind of illegal bare knuckle boxing. And you're like, wait, what? Who, who is anyone here? What is going on? Yeah, and yeah. it goes on for a while. Like bef- a very, this is bef- a very long scene. And eventually, Mickey Rourke rolls in. You're like, okay, so I guess he knows these guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, having heard his brother's dead, he's come here to recruit these guys to be more henchmen for him. Why not just have had the scene at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, you know, like he gets out of prison and immediately goes to these people, right? And they're the ones who are doing the home invasion because they're actually somewhat intimidating looking. Yeah, yeah, comparatively. Yeah, yeah. and this is where we get Donald the Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. Uh, who is a uh, apparently he's a UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I guess that's why we see uh, him. Uh, he's a former professional kickboxer and has black belts in jujitsu and gaido jutsu. I don't know that. I'm not familiar with that. Neither am I. Um, and he's a guy who's in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of big stuff as a fighter. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a guy that Denzel fights in The Equalizer 2. He's mm-hmm. a guy that Mark Wahlberg fights in Spencer Confidential. So mm-hmm. he's not really an actor. He's a fighter that, that looks like a lot of movies. Yeah, uh, Tim Oliphant fights him on Justify. You know, like, mm-hmm. like, that's the big stuff. But it seems like now he's trying to make his way into, oh, Yes, Lisman, he's in the Gina Carano Ben Shapiro movie. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. This makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A movie, as we said, when when that comes out, we will record an emergency reaction to that. <laughs> yeah. To the weird that'll, Western movie. That'll be a bonus a bonus episode, Terror on the Prairie, which is coming out sometime this summer, so um yeah. although whenever I should I should state Whenever it comes out for everyone to watch, because I am not paying for a Daily Wire subscription to watch it. Um, no. Which is, I, I know that's how it's going to be first available. Mm-hmm. Uh, exclusively uh, on uh, on the Daily Wire. But I, I'm sure it'll come out regularly. 
Uh, although this is also one that I am not a guy who pirates movies, but I'll happily pirate that. I will. <laughs> we will definitely consider it. Yeah, um, yeah, that is a movie I will do anything to make sure money is taken away from. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, for the love of God, we got to stop Daily Wire from making. Movies. We cannot. We cannot support them in any way. No, in any no. good. Like function, I said, if, so, I, yeah. I need to find a way to take money from them. Is is the goal. yeah, uh, right, yeah. Uh, but he's in that. I guess that makes sense. He's Donald the Cowboy Cerrone. So that yeah. is a cowboy movie. Um, yeah. God, I have no idea what to expect from that. Um, uh, I mean, I think I do. Uh, based yeah. on the book that Ben Shapiro wrote, I'm assuming it's going to be hot trash. <laughs> um, like politics aside, Ben Shapiro is a terrible writer. He like, is. He's just oh, not, unquestionably. He's just not very good. And like, and I know we, we keep saying this. And I, actually, I think I still say that. It's like, let us know. We may put up a poll or something on our, on our website about uh, whether we should cover Run, Hide, Fight, the first Daily Wire movie. I'm gonna say, if I if I was to vote in this uh, poll, I would say maybe not do it. You know what I mean? It, it is. It I is, don't. It is a shockingly offensive even idea for a movie. Exactly, and the fact that it I have I, keeps I, happening, and it's well, that, I, and it's I, really a, fucking sad that nobody's doing anything about it. Yeah, that, I mean that, but that also partially makes me curious about what kind of tone does this thing start? How tone deaf? is it is i guess that i watched the I mean, trailer based on the premise yeah. incredibly tone deaf yeah you know like die hard in a school shooting is yeah yeah, yeah. like we've we've literally seen we've literally seen what happens when people with a good gun yeah you know, uh, with uh, good people with guns or whatever yeah. you know are, are on the scene it doesn't really make a difference yeah people still die children still die i but what if a highly I, trained teenage girl was in the vents <laughs> of the school? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's definitely, yeah, sure, John. I, I no, I yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I, it, it, I'm, it, it is more overtly upsetting than whatever fucking western they're making. Right. There's a there's a level of like uh, you can remove yourself from reality in it because it's like a period piece, I guess. I don't know. I well, just, I, this I, is maybe something we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah, not in an episode. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the, I'm curious about the Western. Cause I'm curious about how much fucking political shit they'll get into their Western. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure there's something. There's got to be something. Oh, I, I mean, I know there will be, but it, it's just like yeah. the the polit the politics of, of of defending your ranch on the prairie in the 1800s is not. Uh, yeah, it doesn't overtly present itself. Um, I mean, if somebody doesn't shout property rights, uh, yes, as that's like... that's coming. Yeah, that's coming. <laughs> I'm still waiting for them to adapt Shapiro's book. That's still what I, I want them to do, really. Yeah, yeah, would I would, I would watch that. That yeah. would be very funny. Well, because there um, is a character that I've heard already. People go, Gina Carano has to play that like rancher woman character in it, right? Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so we're we're in, yeah we're into the end of the movie here, and so yeah, Mickey Rourke gets these guys to go on their motorcycles, and now we're all gonna go attack a suburban home. Now I get that Jeff Fahey is corrupt and is holding the cops back. But at a certain point, in all this chaos in a suburban neighborhood, wouldn't there be some sort of alarm? 
I mean, I guess you could say because everybody's using silenced pistols. Yeah, well, we, yeah that's, that's, real, logic there. that's real movie logic, as we know. Um, right. Obviously not real logic, but like if dude, we're I, I was, sticking to the logic of, of the film, they're all using silencers. I was so happy. I was watching the new season of Stranger Things, and mm. I was so happy. There's a scene where uh, guys come into a house and shoot somebody with a silencer. And a character upstairs goes, what was that? And I was like, oh, yeah. yes, good Stranger Things. They, they did still, the thing. They, they still the thing. heard the guy get shot downstairs because you would. Because of course they would. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, good good work, Duffer Brothers. You know what you're yeah. doing. Uh, and also, that that this season does have a kick-ass shootout in it. So um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they uh, let's see here. Uh, where was I even? So Michael J. White is now. I like that he goes. Let me drive. <laughs> and they do the thing, John. They do the thing they where do. we instead of just cutting to him driving, they sh they the, show the them get out of the, the car, road, get out of the car, each take the other thing, close the doors, start the car up again, and then take off down the road. Why? Why? And I, also, I don't this. I love the shot that's just that there's no actors in it. It's just looking at the speedometer on the car and a little bit through the windshield of the car, like getting up to 95 or whatever. Yeah. I just yeah. love like, oh, we'll just put in a thing that he's driving fast. We won't even need Michael for this. <laughs> <laughs> vroom, vroom. Um, so, uh, uh. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they come in. Mickey Rourke's all pissed. Because his brother is dead, either through a shot to the eye or because his throat was slit. It's impossible to tell. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and then he just stabs the shit out of Sebastian with mm -hmm. terrible CGI blood flying up in the air. Like this again. Th this would have been so easy to do practically. Well, because because uh, once it's on his face, you just have somebody squeezing blood up into the air. That's all you need. We that's did that shit in high school once again. Yeah, I mean, did we ever yeah. do that shit in high school? We got in trouble for doing that in one of the movies. We, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. But we did have like, a man's it's, head explode, and to be fair, uh, it's the easiest. It's so I don't understand. Uh, just like the piece of paper, like just do it practically. Yeah, yeah. like there's nothing stopping you from doing that. Well, we didn't it's talk easier. about the other weird thing where the guy's looking at his phone screen, but it looks like a Kindle screen. Yeah, that was weird. And then the uh, internet browser that yeah. the daughter was looking that looks at like, when she figured out. It looks like somebody yeah, yeah. drew it in a drawing program. It doesn't look like any browser window you've ever seen. Yeah, it looks like if somebody tried to recreate a, a Google Chrome browser yeah. from memory yeah. in Microsoft Paint yeah. in the late 90s yeah, is it, what it looked like. Also, her computer's so old. We, we, we pointed that out when she pulls it down and the disk drive comes out. Yeah. <laughs> this movie came out in 2022, yeah. by the way. Yeah. This is a brand new movie, essentially. Brand new. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this, this is one of our most like recent releases we've ever covered on the show. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, so Mickey Rourke's here. Uh, and then he gets on the phone with Michael J. White. Cause he, Apparently. Just because... Just I love Mickey Rourke going, is this daddy? <laughs> but what is the, why is he calling Michael Jai White? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Just to threaten like, him? The ring is there. It's in yeah. the house. 
the daughter could give it to him. Yeah. Yes, some of the money's missing. Does Michael Jai White call? No, because he calls Michael Jai White, he does, right? Yeah. Because they've already captured the girl on her cell phone, so he calls Michael Jai White. Is this daddy? If you don't give up my ring, I'm going to kill everybody in the house. That's where she goes, I have your ring. It's yeah. in the house. Yeah. Let me give it to you so you can leave she does. my family alone. She gives up the ring instantly to him. She yeah. goes up there and gets the ring. So why, why call Michael Jai White at all? It's only because they want this diehardy moment, which is also not where he's just like, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. You know? Right. It's not right. even clever banter or anything. It's just like, yeah, I've got your family. He's like, well, I'm coming to kill all of you motherfuckers. Well, couldn't they do that the first time that the daughter called? Well, do the, literally do out? the taken thing, right? Where the bad guy picks yeah. up the phone after you drag the girl out from under the bed. Why does it have to be two separate scenes, two separate conversations? Yeah, we could it doesn't have done, make sense. You could have done, I mean, they could have ripped off Taken more and had him go like, I'm going to use all my highly trained specialization <laughs> to murder your ass, you know? I mean, but, nothing will ever beat the Liam Neeson monologue, obviously. Sure. But, but, the, but do something like that. And then, yeah, this is also the scene with his wife where he's like, no, honey, I'm over my PTSD. I'm doing what I was made to do. Murder men. <laughs> <laughs> And we're as the audience supposed to be like, yeah, yeah. Some blood must be spilled this night. Yeah, well, Bruce Wayne, I'm sure, would be enjoying this, and sure. the problematic divorced dads are raising their their brew dogs. Yeah, let's go get him, Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still think, he's still Spawn to me. Uh, I don't think divorced dads are like the biggest Spawn fans. No, you know? it's nerds like me that remember my guy yeah. White as Spawn. Yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah. We we were talking about that. That movie, it was the wrong time. But God, if he was not the right guy to be Al Simmons, perfect casting, perfect casting. A black special forces expert turned demonic superhero. Oh, fucking man! Yeah, yeah, so uh, good. Like I, I, the movie is watchable to me purely because of his performance. Really, one hundred percent. Yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, that CGI is atrocious, but he is such Terrible. a good spawn. Oh. And the costume yeah. does look cool. Um, the costume does look cool. They too, did. Yeah. They did get the costume right. Um, yeah. And yeah, I hope we get a good Spawn movie soon. Uh, Me too. Good character, man. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see. So he arrives and he starts taking guys out on the perimeter of the place uh, with his ever-changing handgun. <laughs> yep. This... Yep. Thank you for pointing this out, John. I know this is like what you're looking for with these films. This is I didn't even notice it the first this time. This is very silly. He's got a silence Beretta that then mm. becomes a non-silence like 1911-45. But then a guy mm. hits him and he drops his gun mm. out of frame. And when they cut to the gun hitting the ground, it is once again the silence Beretta. <laughs> I don't know how you make these mistakes. I I just again, don't. They don't care. No, this they is that, don't care. that is a props master not giving a shit is what that is. Yep. Because I, yep. I, I just, I don't, like I said, that is just unacceptable. You don't see that in a studio movie. Like, that it's just doesn't just, happen. It's just the most basic. Yeah. Like, it's just caring at, like, even a little bit about the film you're making. That's right. all it is. It's yeah. just the effort that you would put in. I can't even, know? that nobody, and the other thing I was saying is, in the world of digital, we can call back anything we shot, unlike when you had to go to the film. But we can look back and go, what gun did he have in his hand? And literally punt you know spool up the hard drive and go th that we can do it on the set 
like it, I, it, I, we, immediately. I, I mean, you've been on sets of, of our stuff we've done where there's no money, and I have people call up. Where where was he standing in that, or what was he wearing? Okay, let's take a look. Let's, let's look at the footage. We need yeah. to match this frame. It looks like this, you know, like yeah, mm -hmm. that kind of yeah. stuff. It's not it's not hard at all anymore. It's not. It's so easy. I, I, I said it's... I get back in the days of film when you kind of didn't know what anything looked like until you got the film back. Um, yeah, which is one of the reasons I don't want to work on film <laughs> you, are kind <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. you are kind of just guessing all the time and hoping it turns out all right um so yeah so he kills some of these guys whatever it's not who cares uh what does i say flips guy over shoots him throws oh yeah he fights so he fights the cowboy serone right and the mm -hmm. way he kills this guy is insane. Because <laughs> he kicks him into the wall twice. And we see just a close-up of the guy's head. And is this a, a shoe on a stick, do you think? In classic mm -hmm. Hong Kong movie fashion? When it's just I the hope foot so. hitting him? Because that's, that's an old stand. That goes back to the beginnings of Kung Fu films. And it still fucking works, though, man. I've yeah. We've even done it on some of our movies. Just put a shoe on a stick and cause it come into camera and hit somebody. And it works if you keep it brief. But it is because it's just his foot hitting this guy twice into the wall. And I think we were hoping for another one. but um, Yeah, just like one third like with like a sickening crunch, maybe. Yeah, because you know? he, he's, he's getting more blood on him and his head is bashing into the wall. And then, yeah, that, that, kills, that kills the cowboy. Yeah. Suck it, Cerrone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he's dead. Uh, it is at this point we are just like going through like okay we're killing this guy that guy we're just wrapping things up. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, when he <laughs> when he suddenly just appears behind the Scottish guy because <laughs> he's like the Scottish guy comes in he sees the UFC guy dead on the ground. And he looks down, and then when he comes back up, suddenly Michael J. White is just behind him like Batman. It's literally the scene from Black Dynamite when he's yeah. doing his kung fu. Dynamite. And like the camera pans over and he's there, and then yeah. it pans over and he's also there, yeah. you know. It's no, the it's it's the it's, it was legitimately funny. It was very funny. It's the part of the way where I needed it to go, Dynamite! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And he just cause he just snaps this guy's neck then, right? Uh yeah. And so then it goes. It comes down to, God, how many action movies have we seen this in, uh, where he's got a gun on Mickey Rourke, and he goes, "Oh, th his line in this is something like this: some things bullets just can't satisfy." <laughs> and he tosses the gun aside, and it is on, baby. Except for yeah. it is on. Michael J. White has to slow down to a crawl with his moves so that he can do the choreography with old Mickey Rourke. He has to really, he has to really, really sell it um, yeah. in a way that would be very difficult for anybody to do. Um, because yeah, it's <laughs> like all this stuff with like the the UFC fighter was was yeah. pretty good, you know? Because yeah, they're two uh, guys who know how to fight. Right, exactly. But yeah, as soon as Mickey Rourke starts fighting, it's like like moving through water. You know what yeah, I mean? Like trying to move in a dream almost. It's, it's so pretty, slow. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, sluggish. Uh... Uh, and then what does he have? He enters with oh, Faye. He enters with his gun. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and he takes uh Mickey Rourke hostage, right? That's what uh, it is. Michael Jai White does. Yeah. yeah, but of course, 
Mickey Rourke, you know, they're real. Uh, Jeff Fahey is real. Or is it Michael J. White who goes like, oh, see, you've just calculated two things. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, you're going to, uh, uh, you can shoot me, but then you got to split the money with him. Or you can shoot him, get all the money, and you look like a hero. Yeah, and he's like, if you shoot me, then, well, then my murder is going to be investigated. But right. if you kill all these people, well, they're just home invaders, and you were doing your due diligence as a police officer. Right. Which actually is pretty sound logic, honestly. It, it absolutely um, is. And then Mickey Rourke just wrangles himself free from Mike J. White and runs at Jeff Fahey, who shoots him dead. Yeah. Which is pretty dumb. It's, and it also is very dumb. Very. The other thing is the whole thing about, like, uh, it, um, it's not just going to be satisfying if I just shoot you. I go, the movie has not really done a good job of like building this tension between the two where we want nope. to see it settled with fists. He, They've and, had one conversation over the phone. Because usually, usually when that happens, it's like, yeah, I am going to put the guns down because this, the hate between us is so much that we got to settle this man to man. When Mel Gibson fights Gary Busey at the end of Lethal Weapon or something like that, it's, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, we've been waiting for this. This movie has, yeah. like I said, the poster being like only one will survive. It's like the movie does not do a good job of building up like it is white V Rourke, you know. Why Why didn't Mickey Rourke's character have anything to do with Michael Jai White's backstory? Yeah, I know. You know? That, that would have been an easy fix to make it. Yeah. Michael yeah. Jai White should have been the guy who put Mickey Rourke in prison uh-huh yeah that i don't know there's no personal connection between the two which means i don't care <laughs> and there's no or there could have been more of a personal connection between michael j white and jeff fahey sure yeah you know? that would have made sense no because uh, here at the end that's ridiculous and then of course he's gonna uh the wife appears behind jeff fahey and shoots him whatever it's yep. lame. who cares yeah. And then he's arm in arm with his wife as police are cleaning up the scene, and then the movie just ends. Yeah, and his trauma has been. I guess cured. yeah, he's all better now. All he had to do was more violence to cure his PTSD. Little known fact, that's what you do. Yeah, you just. It's oh. sort of like when you have amnesia by, <laughs> and so then you're, the cure is to hit your head with a coconut. Yeah, <laughs> you know, same thing. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you get amnesia, then you hit your head again, and you're fine. Mm -hmm. That's how that yeah. always works exactly oh boy well that's the commando it's a truly atrocious Oof. movie we're not even going to bother to nominate best kill or best one-liner because this movie is not going anywhere near the shelfies although it is the front runner for hardest to watch shelfie that's for sure yeah it is certainly neck and neck with grizzly to the revenge i didn't they're think bad we'd find in different, something they're bad in different ways but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i think that is going to be that's going to be <laughs> that's gonna be the real what's gonna happen there right like uh yeah because we were we were talking about like this movie was harder to watch than than grizzly 2 yeah i wonder if that's just from the frustration of having at least some sort of positive expectation yes i think know? that is the thing like we didn't uh, think anything about grizzly 2 and then it was just way weirder yeah exactly yeah. so but whereas this is like it's got michael j white in it you know yeah, yeah. uh jeff Fahey's great like this could be good you know this could be enjoyable and it was yeah. just so bad yeah maybe maybe that's just the expectation we'll see once we get to the actual shelfie is what we all right going. listen you know it's my duty to find the strangest imdb reviews uh yeah. i have two because i couldn't choose between them one is short and one is pretty long and okay. uh uh 
So the short one, I'll just get through quick here. Uh, these are both uh, very positive. Uh, this one comes to us from Brenda Lee 01889. Uh, and uh, the title of the review is Fun Movie. Good watch. Nope. I really enjoyed it. The opening scene ga- <laughs> the opening scene gave serious Breaking Bad vibes, which I loved. Just because they're making drugs, Brenda? Is that I guess, it? I guess I guess uh, that's all you need. Yeah, I yeah, because I mean Breaking Bad's about as good as it gets, but whatever. Uh this is my favorite part and why I had to uh write this, because you'll love this last one. I wonder if the actors get to really smoke weed when they shoot movies like this. No, of course <laughs> not. Of course. Well, with not. this movie, yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah. Most know, yeah. movies, no. Yeah. I'd watch it again. Ten out of ten stars. Uh I God, I could not disagree more with a review. Yeah. I could well, not disagree more get ready. with a review. L- listen, I don't know. Get ready to disagree more with a review. Uh, oh, boy. Because this, oh, boy. The, I, I, I debated this, but I think I have to read this guy's mini essay. Um, okay. Because it is something here. Uh, this comes to us from Shaggy7977. Uh, Shaggy! <laughs> Shaggy! Um, and the title of the review is, Don't Mess with Michael Jai White. Director-writer Asif Akbar brings us the commando. I mean, already too lofty, but okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. What better way to start the new year than with this well-made thriller with a great story and a focus on the issue that is still being neglected, PTSD? I mean, if your life is sad, then there's no greater (laughs) way to bring in the new year. But Michael J. White has a legion of fans and won't disappoint. Uh, my favorite has to be one of his best performances. It was when he portrayed legendary boxer Mike Tyson in the 1995 television movie Tyson. Yes, he was much better in that. Um, so with all that experience, he is amazing and really carries the movie with his delivery of this well-written script and fine fighting techniques. Uh, so uh, then he kind of goes to the plot. I'm just going to skip forward some of this. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da. Uh, he, he talks about the plot, 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 plot. Okay. Uh, action and thrills are set up, and one of the best fighting scenes in a while highlights the movie. It is with one of Johnny's boys, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He was an all-out kickboxing. He has an all-out kickboxing fight with Michael. The legendary Phil Tan was the stunt coordinator, and Kieran Gallagher was the fight coordinator. The fight between Cowboy Cerrone and Michael J. White took the longest to shoot and rehearse. It's amazing, and you will be talking about it long after the credits roll. Not to say the evenly matched Rourke and White have an all-out uh, to the uh, an all-out to the end brawl. That's poorly. Mickey <laughs> proves he still has it, and also performed a lot of his stunts. No. <laughs> The movie gives Michael Jai White one of the most demanding roles I have ever seen. Every, <laughs> every one of his talents are shown through the careful eye of director Asif Akbar. An emotionally uh-huh. drained man at the brink of destruction can't seem to shake his terrible act that led to innocent people dying. Nothing can help him. His doctor, his wife, he is slowly dying a slow death. But when his family is jeopardized, he snaps out of it and goes to do what he does best help and rescue but this time it's personal a careful eye will take a liking to standout stars cord newman as rudy and shannon rich cord plays the part of one of johnny's guys and has some of the best lines delivered with such appeal shannon rich plays a memorable scene against mickey rourke in the prison yard when you see the scene you will see the grittiness and realism of what goes on in prison yards 
I'm sorry. Uh, Giov- uh, G- uh, Gianna Capaldi is never disappointing with his Scottish charm, and keeping his accent is a very rare funny moment. This includes a drunk partygoer taking a pee on him, and, well, let's say things get bloody. Look careful, mm-hmm. and you will spot Ace and the Christmas Miracle star Robert Fox as a parole officer. This movie jams a lot in its running time with a very impressive cast. The Tan legacy is not just behind the camera with Phil, but his son Sean Tan is also here and is destined for a lot more roles. His likable performance has you looking for more and will get a lot more. And let's not forget Jeff Fahey in a role that's against the usual characters, but plays it well. Bravo. I was talking to the director and the producers uh, that are trying to promote, and they are trying to promote it more as a thriller and hero dealing with PTSD with some action, but not necessarily as an action or fight film. Not true. We talked about the promotion. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it works because I really felt for the title character and his family. His suffering is shown, and you feel sorry and hate to see people suffering like this. I personally cannot think of anyone else that could have done this as well as Michael. It is not preachy, but part of the story. I hope people not only enjoy the movie as much as I did, but reach out to people suffering from this terrible condition. After watching this with a big smile on my face, I can only think to myself, wow, is if Asif made such a wonderful movie here, I am more enthusiastic about the upcoming MR9. 10 out of 10 stars. Once again, MR9, the two-hour, 20-minute movie he has coming out. Which Now, I- is this written by Asif, you think? Uh, you think this- it certainly feels that way, doesn't it? It really, really does. Um, I don't see how anyone could... I I will say I looked up the names of the stunt people that yeah. were involved in this. Mm-hmm. There's some legit stunt. Well, I know. People. I mean, when he talks about Philip Tan, I know Philip Tan. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. he is a legend. And as we said, like, yeah, that fight between Cerrone and White is is pretty good. I'm not sure you'll be talking about it for days because it's so. Yeah, good. I mean, it's 30 seconds long. Yeah, so. it's pretty like, short. I wish there was more of that because those guys are good fighters. Yeah, um, yeah. There's real. There's not much to write home about. I mean, it is. It's kind of unfortunate that there's such good fight choreographers on this movie because there's not. The movie just doesn't have much in the way of fighting. It really doesn't. Yeah. Um, and and they say this was the most rehearsed part of the movie. Yeah. Do they mean that because no other scene had any sort of rehearsal process? Probably. Like, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it, it, by know. default, it has to be the most rehearsed part of the movie. <laughs> they took two takes yeah. on it, so <laughs> yeah, therefore, did, it's the they most. They did a second take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. We 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 couldn't believe the commitment. Uh, they, they said they said let's go again. We never heard that in the other part of the movie. Um. <laughs> oh my god uh, uh well uh it's time to check in with a good friend of ours from amazon.com you know him you love him bruce winning for another segment of the winning opinion uh now bruce did not get a chance to watch the commando probably because it's not on amazon so as always i dove into his back catalog of uh uh, movie reviews and uh, one, I'm going to pull this one because I think it gives us a little bit more insight into the backstory of Mr. Winning a little a oh, little look boy. into his past here um, oh, so uh, here it is this is his review of Christopher Nolan's The Prestige oh okay yeah uh, he titles his review it's just an illusion <laughs> 
Okay. My father's father made these magic tricks. Therefore, I've always had an interest in magic. Sometimes you can't tell if it's magic or science. In that case, I found this movie interesting. Five out of five stars. Ooh, wow. <laughs> he didn't mention the aspect ratio or the sound, no, you know? he was too caught up in his family's connection to real magic. That's so... That is interesting. That yeah. is legitimately interesting. I know, right? Uh, yeah, I'm like, ooh, a little glimpse into uh, Bruce Winning, a movie that isn't filled with punching and kicking and shooting and killing uh it does have some killing in it it does but it's not it's it's far from an action movie um yeah. but the the subject matter he related to on a personal level so he gave i mean the prestige is a fucking great movie um mm -hmm. and uh and he he got into it you know because his father's father made magic tricks so well, I'm happy that Bruce was able to find some sort of enjoyment that didn't involve the death of other human beings. I really liked when that woman drowned, man. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh a, out loud funny. What a creative way to make a human being dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, Lisbon, uh, we didn't really care for the commando. How about you and I try our best to come up with a better movie? for mr michael jai white yes please he deserves better <laughs> he really does um let's see here we're gonna bust out our uh, handy dandy action movie title generator and we're gonna talk about now this will involve much more fighting right uh, oh of course. yeah uh and uh let's see here uh, i'm gonna hit the randomizer now and it's going to give us michael jai white's next movie which is called yeah, here, wait, here it comes. Give it a second. It's really thinking about this one. Mm. Ah, sudden extermination. Sudden extermination. Interesting. Sudden extermination. Hmm. So we need we extermination here are the parameters. We yeah. need Michael Jai White to do some hand to hand combat. Oh, like that's all yeah. we know we need mm -hmm, in this movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sudden ex the the word extermination implies something bigger than just killing, right? Right. Extermination. Yeah. Extermination. I mean, my first thought is he's trying to stop some kind of mass weapon of mass destruction. Right. That doesn't yeah. Apparently, yeah. lead to martial arts, but it could. It could. You know, it could be a terrorist cell of uh, martial artists. Yes. You know. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe we get him, and uh, he did a lot. Michael J. White was uh, did a lot of training with one JCVD, so maybe we True. get him involved in this thing. Yeah, yeah. So the two okay. of them. Should um, we make uh, JCVD the villain then? Yes, the, I think the that's terrorist. the thing. Yeah, he's the terrorist, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, but th that's the thing is they are terrorists, but they're all martial arts experts. So we can also yeah. get let's get uh, Cowboy Cerrone back in this thing too as one of the henchmen. What if it's uh, instead of like a bomb, what if it's like a chemical weapon that inhibits uh, like a violent like rage in people go. that causes them to want to kill with their bare hands because nice, they want nice. like a crucible of violence to happen in, in like a city. Kind of like Kingsman. Yeah, 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 that works. That works. And so then it's about not only is he fighting the bad guys, but he's gonna have to fight through crowds of people that are trying to kill him, too. Michael and Jai. they, the terrorists, 
uh, maybe did they test it on Michael Jai White so he has Ooh. it in him? It fuels him. That's you know? the thing. And so they thought gonna... it was gonna kill him, but like, but yeah. And so that's the thing stronger. where it's like, uh, man, we've kept this man locked up after he was exposed to this weapon, but they have no choice but to unleash him now. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. There you go. He did battle mm-hmm. with this before, and since then the government has kept him locked in a facility because he's too dangerous. <laughs> But too now dangerous. it's time to let him out. Yeah. 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 Oh, Maybe like his that. his blood is the is the cure as well. Blood is the, the cure, very, and yeah, it's the it's the only way to stop the madness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 oh, oh wait wait. Tagline is only a madman can stop the madness. Ah <laughs> yes. Yeah. There we go. Send a maniac to catch a maniac like Demolition Man. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is good. I'd watch this movie. It's certainly better than what we just watched. So. Yeah, so that's Sudden Extermination with Michael J. White and Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, mm. coming soon to a red box near you. All right, listen, we're going to go from uh, the, uh, 2022 back to 1991. Mm, that's a good time mm. for action movies. And sure are, is. Next week on the show, we are watching Stone Cold. But uh, not with Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, this is this clear. is, I believe, the acting debut of NFL legend Brian Bosworth, aka the Boz. Boy, I have low expectations for this film, this but is, you know, is, maybe that'll be better. Uh, Chicago Bear, Super Bowl winning Chicago Bears quarterback Brian Bosworth, finally mm-hmm. in his acting debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and as always, Lisman, uh, would you like to hear the tagline of this movie? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, this one actually has a couple of taglines. Um, uh, can, can I just toss this one off quick? Uh, Stone Cold, he'll burn you cold. That okay? That yeah, makes sense. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, here's here's the main tagline though: drugs, okay. sex, and murder. The gang was game for anything. Till they met a cop who'd stop at nothing. Stone cold. Too long. They need it. <laughs> they need it more concise, honestly. So you'd go more with "he'll burn you cold." I mean, at least that's concise. I don't yeah. know. It doesn't make any sense, but I like it. Based better, on the so. IMDb photos, I don't think we'll have much of Brian Bosworth wearing a shirt in this movie. So, um, yeah, yeah. and uh, also his bleach blonde mullet. Oh, 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 we're we're in for a treat next week, Lisman. Stone <laughs> Cold. Yes. I saw this movie when I was a kid, yeah. but haven't since. But this was like a late night cable movie, you know. Uh, uh where can where can people find this uh, if they want to? People watch it? can find this. I uh, let me back up here and I believe uh that they can watch this on Hold on, let me make sure. I think you can watch it on Amazon, but let me let me. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, if you type in Stone Cold, you get Steve Austin. Believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and there's other movies uh, that called this. Uh, sorry, you can watch it on Pluto TV. Okay, gotcha. One of those free yes. movie apps. Yes, you yeah. can watch it on there. And actually, it is available in its entirety for free on YouTube. There you go. In That's high def. how I'm going to be watching in it. In high def, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. uh so Great. yes there you go that's right i did look at that's how i was gonna watch it too um uh-huh. so yeah uh st- stone cold next week i'm excited for this one um yeah. it's it's certainly much more of a movie than uh than what we watched this week so it can i hope so it. yeah i hope uh, so and we can talk about the balls um but mm. that is gonna do it 
for this episode of The Action Shelf. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Usman. Until next week, get yourself some action. The Action Shelf. The Action Shelf is part of the Panel Up Podcast Network. Remember to follow us on social media. We're at Action Shelf Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at actionshelfpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also support the entire network by heading over to patreon.com slash panelup to get cool, exclusive bonus content. The Action Shelf.